Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Uh, and we're on. Oh, hey. Hey, hey, hey we hi. Did we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll unmute myself. How about that? Mm. Yeah, make sure your mute switches. Mm. Right. We, we did it. I'm unmuted. I am I'm on. Here. Excellent. Should it be an on? Yeah, yeah. it should be okay. on. Okay. Turn yourself on. I am on. I'm turned on. Hi. Hi. Thank Hi. you for joining us for Season 21, Episode 14 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I am Adam. I'm Jason. I'm Stork. And uh, for a saucy trust in here today. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you uh, who are local, the... 50 Renaissance Pleasure Fair starts tomorrow Woo. at Irwindale Dam. Go to uh, renfairnoe.com slash SoCal and you can find out all the information about the fair and come and see us. We're at Rogue's Reef at noon, 2, 4, and 5.45. I'm not privy to that information. Bam! Yeah. It's on the Slack, baby. There if there's no E, how do you know it's old with an E, tiny with an E? Well, I think... Ren Fair with an E was already taken ah, by someone okay. else because right. it used they used to have a terrible URL mm-hmm. and then they went around and tried to find one. I'm guessing they bought it from someone. <laughs> yeah. So there's Probably a lot of their brokers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll send it to you if you want million dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Everyone knows Renfair is a cash cow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want, yeah, if you want to make bank, yeah. start a Renfair or a podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Get rich quick schemes. <laughs> In this episode, we will discuss taking things seriously. That's really on this podcast. Yes, we're going to really? discuss it. We're not going to do it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're going to win. <laughs> uh, James writes in about first session shenanigans. Uh, Brandon from Delaware writes in about dynamic versus static damage. And Stephen from Atlanta writes in about our first AP, Ghostbusters LA. Mm-hmm. I still want to do something called Shenanigans. Games. Shenanigans. Yeah, thank you. I was <laughs> looking at that, like, how are, how are we not calling it Shenanigans? Did you hear that, too? I was yeah. like, that's a con title. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Shenanigans. Yeah. Powered by the sh- uh, powered by the shenana lips. <laughs> nope, that's that's <laughs> probably worse. Yeah. Uh, I think I dated her once. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And I think that's true. it. Yeah. I think that's it. Happy Jacks RPG, all in word. And if you'd like to watch the show live, you can watch the show live at happyjacks.org slash live. We're recording at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Friday nights. Which and and in, the YouTubes. And we're on, and on the YouTubes. And if you uh, are... We're going to do a crossover episode. Dun, dun, we dun. just got this mm. finalized. Like the third week in April. I'll put it up. Uh, we're going to do a host swap with For the Boot again. Mm. So oh, we're going to do their show... And then they're. I have to go mow their lawn. Yep, I already watched the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ain't that magic bar? Huh? Ain't that magic bar? Yes. So this 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 topic kind of came up. Uh, there was a post under the L five R game because we just wrapped sort of the first arc of the of the L five R game um, in the fifth s- session, uh, and it was titled Unsolicited Advice, and it was from Stephen, who was on our forums. And he had suggested 
because as happens, and apparently this is an American thing. Mm -hmm. This is not oh. the same in other countries. But there's the the sort of pervasive, creeping evil in the L five R world in Rokugan mm -hmm. is unfortunately named the Taint. <laughs> See, look at the faces. See? <laughs> See? And it's an American <laughs> yeah. thing. Apparently, Every this time. term that is not a synonym for gooch in other English speaking areas. <laughs> <laughs> Really, you too, Adam? Really? You too, of all the people. I, I figured you'd be serious about this. I'm very serious about this. Yeah. I am... One, one should take one's taint seriously. I, I am shocked, I tell you, shocked that we would giggle at this very serious matter. Right. So, but, but I, it, it's obviously, it's a cultural thing. And here, yes. it has pretty pervasively, I think, been adopted to yeah. have... This other unfortunate meaning, which isn't this creeping, yes. pervasive evil that threatens mm. all the world. And yeah, but I I feel like in other cultures and other languages, they also have twelve year old boys who are now forty years old and never grew up, mm. and also laugh at other things, just not this particular one. Right. Yeah. But that it, that yeah. word doesn't ping the. The joke meter right, for yeah. them, but other yeah. words must, right? You know. Yeah, probably. They hear the name Fanny Bryce in England. I'm yeah. sure they're going to have a little laugh. So. Yeah, but uh, but no, I I I get this, and I like face it all the time. Like every time you guys would say it on the L5R game, I'm always giggling and. Uh, Jason and I had sushi for lunch today, and the total was like twenty three something sixty nine yeah. each. And, yeah. and Th we that did not go unnoticed. <laughs> no, <we> did not. <laughs> it never does. No, we just had a truck. We just had a, a fire truck at our shop. Truck number sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, that's and hilarious. Everybody goes this last uh, week, right? Yeah, like right. grown people, yeah. <laughs> grown ass humans yeah. are like. Uh, it's yeah, like, and I mean, why? watch when that hose starts spraying. Yeah, yeah. ooh, yeah. <laughs> why? Why do we care? Well, but, it, I yeah. mean, it, it, it is. It is. Region specific. I mean, there's not a lot of people named Randy walking around in Ireland. Uh -huh. I, I guarantee you that Randy is not a popular name in Ireland yeah. at all. And, and it, it it's fine here. There's a lot of Randys and Randolphs and such. Right. Mm. But it, it it's uh, okay. And it's also not that we're not we don't know the double meaning of taint, and we're not understanding the importance of said evilness. It's just the word sets us off. Right. Mm. It's yeah. really right. simply a matter that the word and it's because we're twelve and because right. we're yeah. twelve. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's actually not what I want to talk about. Oh, oh. The, the word mm. itself is not what I want to talk about because it, it, <laughs> well, he, good. He he brought up. I'm I'm trying to bring the forum up right now. Yeah, he, there's no solution to that one. No, there there yeah. really isn't. Yeah. Well, you just rename it. Right. Name or, it something else. Or just, yeah, was, we we've been using the Shadowland yeah, creep. And, yeah, if that was Kimmy a, when she's being serious in character. She she has another term that she uses. Mm -hmm. For it, right? I don't remember what it is specifically, but she, there's something else that she's been using because she's a crab character, and she's not going to laugh at that thing. No, right. no, mm -hmm. absolutely. Although she not. was, yeah. she was like the worst offender. The well, other day, but well, I don't know. Kimmy if she laughed at it, yes, but she did. Uh, Makiko, I think, was her character's yes. name, yeah. did not. No, she right. wouldn't. Yeah, decidedly did not laugh at pretty much anything. Um, but I, I think, I think the thing is like, like. A lot of this also, I think, has to do with the American Puritanism. Mm -hmm. There's a very deep discomfort about sex and sexuality and bodies that we have in America that uh, that tends to make us a little more 
likely to laugh at things like that because we're not capable of taking them seriously because that would be difficult for us. Mm. I don't know if I'm... I, I I hear what you're saying. I don't know if it's necessarily applicable to this. I, I was actually going to say that in many times in a game when things start getting intense, it's my defense mechanism in real life is to make it's poke light of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Whistling past the graveyard. Kind of right. right. Uh, and right. certainly uh, coroners and policemen and ambulance drivers have what they call gallows humor yeah. because otherwise, you you know, it's, it's the just, Hawkeye it's syndrome. It's too dark. Otherwise, it's too yeah. dark. You have to poke fun at stuff. So yeah. sometimes in a game when things get intense, little jokes get cracked. It's Partially my personality, and I think a lot of gamers are maybe that way. We're kind of just wise wiseacres, and we're here to have fun. So when mm-hmm. things get real, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tate, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think to to that end, you know, on the topic of like trying to take things seriously, there there are kind of two poles to that. Like um, early on in. Good one. Sorry. Yeah, the people who get don't, mad at us about don't laughing at Tate ones. are yeah. going to hate this. this yeah. Oh god! Uh, the show. But um, <laughs> sorry. The I, I have a very clear and distinct memory of one of my RPG horror stories in college, trying to run Shadowrun, which is already like pushing a dump truck uphill by yourself. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. Um, just running that game is is a nightmare, and it was like first edition. A lot of dice know, rolls. Nineteen ninety five. Maybe it was second yeah. edition by then, but like trying to run Shadowrun for my fellow freshmen in college, and they had these professional, you know, uh, assassins and thieves and crooks and hackers and, like, professional criminals, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, okay, guys, you know, I didn't want to put them on the rails. I was an experienced DM at that point. I'm like, cool, so what, what do you guys want to do? You want to go talk to your contacts? You want to go follow up this thing? They're like, we're going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like, fuck me. <laughs> okay. You get to Dunkin' Donuts. What do you do? We buy donuts and coffee. Like, god damn it. I put so much prep. And, and they were fucking elated. Every single one of them thought this was the funniest shit they could have done in any universe. That this was the best thing they could have done. Uh, it's a good thing you're still not mad about it. Well, it, it, <laughs> it is pretty funny because, like, the first Avengers film at the very end, yes. yeah. it, it, right. they're there yeah. in the falafel place and yeah. they're all sitting around eating that falafel. Was a, and it's for good That was hysterical. a two minute stinger. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, yeah. the problem with that is that if you eat too much, you just falafel. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> wow. it's gonna be, look, the challenge was set. We're going to have to track jokes all the way through but, this. But, but to through. me, the, the, whole, the whole thing about trying to take things seriously, like, yeah, I mean, you want to set the tone and, and try to have that and at least have moments that are, that are serious. Yeah. And, you know, and also every game, you know, you're going to have that person who's, like, I, I say spoiler not, a, not as, like, a, an insult, but you're going to have the person who's like, ooh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable and I need to, like, I need to change the the mood a little bit, or I need uh-huh. to change this a little bit to feel more comfortable. But um, I also think like you have a table of grown adults sitting around playing pretend together. Right. Sure, you know, right. and, and like that in itself is a little bit silly. Don't get me wrong; this is my favorite hobby in the whole world yeah. is playing pretend with my fellow pretending adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this but, is the closest I can get to sitting in my room alone, playing with my GI Joes and making up superhero code names for them, and you know, and creating a superhero story with my GI Joes because that was that was fun. Oh yeah, and and this is the closest I ever get to how amazing that felt to come up with those stories and be able to do it with my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the GI Joes are actually talking back to you and. 
joking about their taints. They are. They are. Yeah. yeah. Well, they all had little rubbers inside. Yep. Rubber bands. They did. Yeah. yeah. No, I think so. I never looked that far. <laughs> yeah, if you pull them apart, pull them apart. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm, if you have dogs, they'll yeah. you'll find that out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have daughters yeah. and the Barbies at the same. Oh, thing, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go highbrow here and bring up a musical theater reference. But uh, th- this isn't just RPGs. If uh, like Hamilton, if you're if you're watching, listening to Hamilton, the most devastatingly emotional song which is burn uh is is this incredibly deep and intense experience that leaves pretty much the entire audience just bawling their eyes out and and then like before the notes have even settled on you know from the last chord jefferson comes out and says can we get back to politics and everybody busts up laughing yeah. because we're all miserable. We're all scared. We're right. all tired, oh, yeah. and and I think this is a natural human response to we have a deep emotion. We have a we, and we're not comfortable with emotions. We don't understand emotions. They're the least amount of control we have in our lives. Yep. And then to to when we experience those very heavily, I think it's a very natural reaction to just say, "Okay, deep breath. Let's." Let's yeah. step back and just have a good laugh real quick. Yeah, I mean, in, in that context, you can wind it back 400 years and, you know, Shakespeare mm-hmm. breaking up um, Hamlet, you know, yeah. just very distressing, heavy, you know, almost scary story right, yeah. with, yeah. you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern making dick jokes. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or, yeah, or, you know, who's going to be... It, who's going to be married here? Is it a woman? It's, it used to be a woman. Now she's dead. Right. You know, <laughs> In one of the most devastatingly emotional uh, stories that that we have in literature. And I think that's okay. And I I understand the need as a GM to to want to make your players feel these things very intensely. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that a little bit of humor to break the mood necessarily takes away from the depth of those feelings that your players are having. I think if it's the kind of... The kind of humorous injection you're talking about, mm-hmm. injection, injections. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's actually kind of a sign of the GM successfully, yeah, yeah, eliciting that emotional response. Right. From the Somebody character. has made yeah. someone so uncomfortable that they have to react. You know, of like, oh, I, I need my uh, ejector seat. Like, <laughs> right. like right. I need to make a joke and get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways it's a good sign yeah. that you are connecting with your players and that they are feeling emotions very intensely. Um, hmm. And I, I also think that not everybody is an intense role player. Uh-huh. Right? Some people are just sort of, I don't know, say casual. They just, you know, they, they'll, they'll role play up to a point. Yeah. And then it just kind of gets awkward and weird. It's yeah. like uh, uh, the, Mac and I had a scene where we were. Yelling at each other, <coughs> and I got a lot of emails saying I was really uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I know it was in character, but it was really uncomfortable to some people. Sure, and, yeah. and I I get that too. So you've also got people that that just need the relief valve if mm-hmm. things get a little too heavy, a little sure. too real. Um, but is that exactly what you wanted to talk about? It seems well, like kind another of agenda. Kind, no, well, that I I wanted to talk about it in ge- more generally rather than. About how funny the word "tain" is to America. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. It's like objectively funny, though. Right. To us. To yes. us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To Americans. Yes. yes. No, yeah. Apparently not to the British, <laughs> or the English, or the Australians, uh, or hardcore fans of, of L5R. Ah, uh, okay. 
Maybe yeah. there should be an American translation of it where they call it something else. The, the creeping evil. Maybe. The creeping yeah. evil. The or creeping evil. Shadow. Is, the shadow touch. Or touch yeah, of the shadow. Or touch of evil. Or the right, evil. Yeah. There's lots of words you can use instead yeah. of. That isn't is like a specific body part in switch. English slang. Yeah. <coughs> is L5R a uh, not an American creation? Aldrich Entertainment Group was the people who originally came out with it, and it might they might be English. That sounds German. I, I did not was, know this. I thought it was John Wick. <laughs> <coughs> but I think he wrote it. F- I'm Maybe assuming. Back in the day. I, I'm assuming. I always forget there's a developer named John Wick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also funny. I'm, yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ald- well, it says Aldrich is based in Ontario, California. Oh. Oh well. They knew what they were doing. They knew what well, yeah. if they if they were the original publishers, they may not have been sure. the original publishers. Yeah. Though. They were publishers of fourth and. Hmm. So, yeah. but um, or it could be that they wrote it and went. You know what? Players will be mature enough to not uh, <laughs> to, to not giggle every like they'll giggle at first and then they'll get over it and they'll play yeah. the game. Like, yeah. no, you're wrong. You don't understand human beings, right? <laughs> and, and to be fair, this game's been around a long time, <coughs> and, mm-hmm. I, and I gotta say, Taint probably hasn't been like within the last I'm gonna say ten years has yeah. really entered the consciousness. Well, I think yeah. it, it's it's probably been within the last twenty years where I heard the. It, it taints your balls and it taints your asshole, right. yeah. which is how the term comes <laughs> probably <laughs> apparently is derived. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. I hadn't heard it described that way. That's how I, that was. That was explained to me as the etymology of the term. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and I forgot about Gucci. So yeah, good luck oh. with Gucci shoes from now on. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing Gucci. Ninety-five is when it came out, so that's probably uh, it's probably around the time maybe when. Uh, but I'm done justifying the word anymore. I, mean, I know we're really yeah. just, we're laughing at the word and not at the at the actual. And I think that that's also relevant because there are times when um, <coughs> a designer means one thing, mm-hmm. and then they maybe have a. a, a like the word taint or whatever, and it kind of derails the intensity. And, sure. and, right. and I don't think that that was their designer's intent. Oh, no. And no. people get uh, a little upset because of, you know, it's like you guys aren't following the the, the feeling of it. Well, we are. It's right. Yeah. I can't well, think of another like, example in the game, but I'm sure there's got to be one or two. It's more. like in, mm-hmm. in Urban Shadows, there's this corruption track, which is great, but then one of the playbooks <laughs> is the tainted. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the good Every thing about time. that is... Is that like being sacked? Yeah, okay. exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, well, it's not sacked, and it's not... <laughs> taint sacked. <laughs> yeah, taint sacked. And, well, anyway, well, um, the, the point is, the, like, the name of that playbook doesn't have to be said every 20 minutes. Right. You know, yeah. like you, you could play that and be like, okay, I'm playing this character. They're uh, they're affected by this demon and and blah blah blah. <coughs> and okay, that's now yeah, you just refer to your character by name, right. right? Right. But but the like the corruption thing is great. Like that's like L5R should just call it corruption or yeah. or, or whatever. You know, like right. it's it's this evil sort of nebulous thing that that everyone has to deal with, and they deal with it in different ways, and it provides effects, and, <coughs> you know... It's, it's evil poisoning. It's yeah. like, and yeah. like palladium poisoning. One of the, yeah. one of the things that, um, that Stephen brought up in his post is things that we could do to kind of uh, make it less funny, but I don't know if that would work if we keep using the word. Yeah. But, I mean, so some of the things were... First off, in... in I, I'm not, I, don't, I never really got to the part where they talk about it in the... FFG version, but you don't want to get the Shadowland taint in fourth edition. 
First off, your character's not aware they have it. Right. You make a, you make it like an earth roll or something to resist it when you're attacked by something like a zombie or anything that anything from Jigoku or from that that's um, influenced by Fu Ling, who is the big evil guy, mm-hmm. right? And you make an earth roll to resist it, and if you fail that roll, <coughs> there's a basically like, almost like a damage track for how much taint your character is suffering from. Mm-hmm. And you start out at a very low level, and it's undetectable by pretty much anyone. It's like yeah. rabies. That's In fact, <laughs> in the post-log of uh, the original L5R game, Tyler's character, who, who, who got it... Uh, you guys were fighting zombies Battling in the zombie. forest, I think. Yeah, a couple of and zombies. And he got hit around. once, yeah. and he failed his, his earth roll. Yeah. So his... his during the course of the, the the adventure, the adventure didn't last long enough for it to really take hold and and take over. But it, it turns your character it eventually turns your character into a, a being of pure evil, and you basically hand your sheet over to the GM, and this is it's no longer a playable mm-hmm. character. It's literally mm-hmm. a monster. Yeah. There are ways to cure it, but that's a, almost a question in and of itself. <clears throat> and, but you have to know you have it. Yes. And at lower levels, you don't know you right. have it. It isn't until you get to a certain point because it's one of those it's one of those things that L five R does where there's there can be like ten levels of taint. But within each one, there's like ten sublevels. Oh, yeah. oh. So you start out at one, interesting, and then you have to go through, and then you're after you get ten more points of it. And there's rolls you make every few months, and it can grow, and mm-hmm. then it there's mechanical effects on your character, and right? Interesting. Yeah. But it's his nasty. his whole epilogue was about the fact that his character eventually succumbed to it, and and had to be isolated and have Shugenja around him to make sure that you know it wasn't spreading, and then you know immediately his remains were. Were, were, uh, were cremated, and the, you know the area around it had to be cleansed, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But that was kind of his character had a real dark ending because of the fact that he got it from a scratch from a zombie yep. mm-hmm. ten years earlier or something like that. So, hmm. in the game itself, it is a scary thing in a long term sense, yeah. and you don't want it, yeah, because it. I mean, bad things are going to happen to your character through the course as it progresses and goes through. You know that, that the disease part. Part of it. evil syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that he he had a couple other suggestions. One he said, and this is obvious. This is good advice for tons of stuff. Is show don't tell. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you need never utter the word taint. Let the dark manifestations show. Of course, if you first have it, you aren't going to show any dark manifestations. But right. you might mm-hmm. like maybe you start having disturbing nightmares and things yeah. like that, yeah. and, and you start wondering, well, maybe I haven't. You know, you're, the player knows it, but the character doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing was, give the characters someone they have a pre-existing relationship, have them come down with it. Mm. And show well, them, mm. show them, let them see what what it does and how devastating it can be to them. Because um, mm. I, I think there's two parts here. Part of it is there are twelve and Taint's funny. Right. Part <laughs> of it is the sort of gallows humor. Whistling past the graveyard thing, mm-hmm. and that to me is not a big. Uh, that to me is not a problem at all. Right, I, that, that yes. doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, people have different comfort levels with with the sort of dark storytelling, and you know that that was where, like early on, I realized like, oh, probably White Wolf's Vampire isn't really for me. You know, like I get the kind of story that vampire players are going for, and I, I don't think I'm a good fit for that. And I like Shadowrun. You know, like right. I, I like a, a dark, gritty story, but Vampire was like one step beyond what I felt comfortable with. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to yeah. play that. Right. But yeah, because you're a you're a, a predator who goes out and yeah. finds people, and you feed on them, and you kill mm-hmm. them, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, did you watch any of the 
the Dark Ages game at all? Uh-uh. I played a Gangrel who's, um, you know, you have nature and demeanor yeah. in White Wolf games. Mm-hmm. My nature was nurturer. Uh-huh. And my demeanor was curmudgeon. Because he was Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my character would not feed on women and would not feed on children. Uh, he took one life, actual mortal life, mm-hmm. in the entire game, and that was in the very last session. <coughs> and and for all five all five sessions, I was always low on blood, always low mm-hmm. on blood, because I have to go through all this rigmarole. Because I'm not going to kill someone. Yeah. So I have to go through all this rigmarole. I only feed on men, and I what I was doing is I'd go and I'd talk to the guards, and we'd sit and get drunk together, and then <laughs> I'd feed on them, and then they'd wake up with a hangover and not know what happened. Right. But in the very final session, it's like, okay, we're about to have a coup. A lot of people are going to die if we don't do this right. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I need to feed. I need to top off. I'm going to have to kill someone to do it. That's yeah. the only character I killed in the entire game. Mm-hmm. And we never even... Because immediately after that, we went right into the fight. But my character never really went through... I did made a humanity roll. I think I made it. Mm-hmm. But... I could have lost humanity on that because my humanity is reasonably high in the game, yeah. or my path, or whatever it's called. Yeah. And and I had the path of humanity, yeah, path of breath. So I like I want to be around mortals. I like mortals. Yeah. I consider if I'm not around them on a daily basis, I, that that's one of the sins of my path. So I mean, mm-hmm. but he, I mean, you can play that oddball character, but that's like one in a thousand characters. Well, let me ask you a question about L five R because I've never played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything in the game that would come unhinged if everyone just scratched out wherever it said the T word and wrote in corruption? No, not no. at all. Not at all. <clears throat> you could absolutely do that. Just but, work. but I also understand there's probably a lot of diehard L5R fans who are like, no, it's called Taint, and that's what we're going to call it, and people should just take it seriously enough and be grown up enough to play, yeah. play pretend together, <laughs> and take that seriously. Well, they Which, forget we're 12. Yeah. yeah. And that if we change it, that will help. <laughs> yeah. If they, you can't, they, they can't. Yeah, they can't be mad at us because we are we not we're going to change the name, right? Like to something like else. Would they and then also you, be mad at us that we giggle when? Yeah, we, right. like if we do they it. do they yeah. want the integrity of using the word taint, right? Or do they want the listener experience of, <laughs> of having the players not not yeah. giggle like giggle every sure. twenty minutes right. uh, at something that is the most unfunny part of the game? If I'm reading this correctly, yes. uh, it is probably the scariest <laughs> part of the game. Yeah, yeah. So like calling it something like corruption. Uh, Seems like a good fix, yes. but I, I don't know if that's. It actually kind of is analogous to the humanity rating in in Vampire, uh-huh. okay. because as, when you lose your humanity and it hit drops to zero, your character yeah. is a beast. Yeah, yes, and you're unplayable. Uh, you, you again hand the character sheet yeah. over. Right, it's a very similar situation. It just takes. It might take a lot less time in yeah. Vampire, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> oh, I'm good with this. Thing. I think. I think the the um, um, the par- I, I, in the situation with taint in L five R and in our game, part of it is the word, and and a part of it I think is the gallows humor part of it. Yeah, sure. Because the I mean the player characters. We even had a situation where they they there was a woman uh, who had been had her. Did you, what was the name of that movie? Not Seven Samurai. Was it Thirteen Assassins? I think it's Thirteen Assassins. It's a samurai film, 
and it's about uh, they Bates go out and there's a horribly corrupt lord and they eventually go out to kill him and I think almost everyone dies except like one or two of them mm-hmm. and uh, there's a very early scene in it where there's a woman a peasant who has had her her all of her limbs hacked off and her tongue cut out mm-hmm. by this lord well I, I that scene is very powerful in the film so I took that scene and I used basically all those elements <clears throat> and recreated it when they met. The, the corrupted crane champion yeah. and he had co- co- come into this area and he did this to her and someone had rescued her and brought her to where the party was going to be so they got to have this conversation and she described who it was that did this to her they brought witnesses in and made sure that, so there were several peoples and people of authority who knew what yeah. was going on it was a very dangerous thing because the, the head of the crane clan which is which they're part of had done this, and they they already oh. suspect that he's corrupted. I see, and they have to go against the head of the clan, and they're going to have to yeah. go against the head. Of the, so they're getting as many powerful people in there who are discreet, sure, to to see this, and then uh, that and, and there's a it was a pretty poignant scene mm-hmm. until I brought up the next stake mm-hmm. because <laughs> two of them had she they, they asked well would, where do you want us to take you do you want do you have someone that we can take you to, to care for you and she said please kill me yeah and so. Stork's character and one of the NPCs pull their swords out, and they both cut off her head. And I told him it left a little piece, like oh, the next day, yeah. next day, the next day, yeah, which everyone thought was inappropriate. But it was like it was, it was, but I don't. That wasn't as that wasn't that wasn't me being flip. It was, yeah. it was an intense scene. Yeah, it and was it had a release valve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And let me just comment on that as a as an audience member because it, because I, I watched all those L five R actual plays um, and and was really enjoying them, and in of every scene of every actual play that you guys have done so far, that experience that that scene with that woman was by far the most memorable and the most poignant mm-hmm. uh, of any of them that you guys did. And and then the next take line came up and, and it kind of made people laugh and everything, but it did not take away from me the impact that that had on the characters. Like, right. like it was clear you guys needed <laughs> to laugh and you, uh, you know, you needed some... Uh, some emotional release from this very intense situation that your characters had been in, but it, but watching it, I didn't think, oh, well, they just didn't care. I guess it was just like, right. oh yeah, that was pretty rough. Right. <laughs> I, need, I need a laugh too. Yeah. So so I, well, I Kimmy get that was as mad. An audience Kimmy didn't too. like it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> she was having her her sort of a cathartic moment. I think. Yeah, but I, yeah. But I fucked it up. But it was, it, yeah. It, it, the timing might have been better. Sure. <laughs> oh, timing. But, but what, time. what's but, the? Where's the comic gold of talking about the next take ten minutes later? It's true. It's very true. I mean, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, I, 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 I get that, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with people needing a break. We need, like. We're and to me, the most successful stories we have as gamers is when we reach that point where it's like, oh my god, we got to step back from this because that was a lot. Oh sure, uh, you know, and <clears throat> and I'm a longtime player of the White Wolf games and lots of intense moments and like, and if you think Vampire is bad on the emotional intensity, you got to play Wraith. Um, which is like yeah. oh, we're yeah. all dead. Whoa, yeah, we're all so dead. Doesn't oh, really oh, matter. My, I, oh my god! I can so imagine depressing. Promethean could oh, yeah. be 
Promethean oh, could be horribly uh, tragic. Yeah. Actually, I, yeah. I found that with um, Changeling. Yeah, yes, I was say, yeah. Changeling's yeah. pretty rough. And but especially it, New World of Darkness, Changeling, yeah. you realize the implication of what yeah. your characters are Im- are supposed to have gone through. Yeah, it's terrifying and yeah. disturbing, and, and just their lack of morals, and then the, towards uh, each other, even. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a rough game, and you know, it's it's alien abduction and torture, uh-huh. and you know, and it's <clears throat> it is a very difficult thing to do, and. Uh, and I, and I've seen various groups handle it with different ways, but I think ultimately the stories that we tell we like intense stories, mm-hmm. and uh, personally <coughs> I love them. I these you know like Monster Hearts, the, like these are the I can't go a podcast episode without mentioning Monster Hearts. <laughs> Clearly, <and how> it's <laughs> practically perfect. Um, but you know these these kinds of uh, games are ones that I'm usually drawn to, and I want those intense moments of. Feeling this very deep, disturbing emotional state that my character has been put in without their control. Mm. To me, that's an exciting moment as a, a storyteller and as an audience member is to see those, is to experience those moments with a character. But at the same time, I'm just here to have fun with my friends. It's okay right. if we stop so and laugh. It's so. okay sometimes to laugh. I think like, that's our safe word. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like if you're, you know. You're in the bondage, you're in the moment, and it, things get too intense, you have to have a safe word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> I know nothing absolutely whatsoever <laughs> about that. So, uh, so please don't get disheartened when you hear us cracking jokes about some of this stuff, because sometimes it, it, it's just, you know. Right. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think also on some level the listener has to forgive us for not being... Um, you know, uh, Hollywood dramatized right. performance. Right. Um, you know that we're a bunch yeah. of nerds sitting around a table playing pretend together for yeah. hours and your entertainment. And like, it's, oh yeah, you know yeah. it's gonna be. We're, we are going to err on the side of fun. Right. I've, I've uh, been on set with method actors. Yes. And 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 to coin um, Jason's term, uh, they're tedious. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely oh. tedious. Method to just actors be around are the them. fucking worst. Yeah. Um, I want so, to be an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my god! No, I it, like I can't Dinosaurs. tell you. Once roamed here. One of the things that takes the longest to shoot on TV shows is sex scenes, mm. and or, or even just makeout scenes. And it's not because they don't understand the intensity, uh, or that they can't like kiss at the right angle. It's because like they need these moments. There are these two people. Sometimes they have just met an hour or so before. Yeah, yeah. And now they're naked or half naked, making out in a very intense way. And sometimes they need to stop and just laugh about it. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In front of 30 people, too. Right. You know, with, yeah. with, with a camera this close uh-huh. to your face. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It is, it, it's hard not to right. laugh. Yeah, and 30, 30 like fully clothed, yeah. un, uninterested in your sex scene people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Most of them are still interested. Okay. Uh, well. Yeah. Try try and get the extra grips to get off the stage. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, like nobody knows where the stairs to the to the, to the grid uh, is until there's until a that yeah right <laughs> yeah everybody seems yeah. to know where that all of a sudden transportation needs to come in and check out the <laughs> cars are working. That's like, funny. Yeah. yeah. Every you know, wardrobe person is on there like, right, well, yeah. i got to make sure the shoes are okay. Uh, yeah, They're yeah. naked. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but the I shoes to, are on the floor. Right. They, they might get scuffed oh, up. 
I got to tell you, actually, as a wardrobe person, the hardest I ever work is when I have naked actors on set. I am like, uh, I'm like five feet away from them with a robe and slippers and and their hoodie and their pants and like and like all of this stuff. And the second they yell cut, I am rushing in there. I'm covering them in every way possible. Mm. Is it cold on it's, set? Uh, sometimes, sometimes it is. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine but, since they uh, you got use all LED lights now, so there's probably not generating. Not it's well, no, it's not all LED. Oh, it isn't. LED. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those things. Generate this, zero heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of five days. Yeah. Okay. But um, but like uh, one one of the experiences I I can bring up is uh, so on Teen Wolf we had this situation where these two characters they're in love with each other on the show and they were going to have a makeout session and lose their virginity together and the except the complication is that in real life they're very close friends and the wow. the. The female actor is roommates with the male actor's long-term girlfriend. Oh, boy. So there's automatically this tension of, oh, we're going to make <laughs> out, and I'm sure it's going to oh, be oh, fine boy. with my roommate and yeah, your girlfriend. Right. And, you know, and it took us forever to shoot just them starting to kiss and a little bit of shirt unbuttoning because they kept cracking up. Uh, because that's the only way friends, they could get through it. Yes. And it's like... <clears throat> Yeah. I, I don't know if this is accurate, but it seems to me, given that situation, I think it'd be much easier to do that scene with a complete stranger than, yes. than yeah. somebody who's like my good friend. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, neither of them ever had problems cracking up when they were making out with other characters that they didn't yeah. know well. Yeah. Um, we well, we have when when I'm recording people, some of the people I record get nervous when they get in there in the you're in a little tiny booth with oh, a microphone yeah, just, all just by uh-huh. yourself, Being on and, the spot. and they'll get the giggles, and yeah. it's like. Yeah. Stop. Right. Yeah. It's it's just got to wait. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing we do to release tension into and to recognize and deal with an uncomfortable situation. And in my opinion, if you're creating those intense situations at your gaming table, uh, either as a GM or a PC, I think that's great. I think you've accomplished something and you've made people really feel, or they wouldn't have to get. Uh, they wouldn't have to get giggly about it. Right. Yeah. So. One of the greatest scenes ever on television mm-hmm. was uh, in Mary Tyler Moore show mm-hmm. when Chuckles the Clown dies. Mm-hmm. And there's a funeral for Chuckles the Clown. Mm-hmm. And Mary Tyler Moore can't stop laughing. Right. <laughs> it's priceless. Go go on your way home or when you get home, go Google the funeral for Chuckles the Clown. Uh-huh. And it's it's one of these exact moments where everybody's very serious and she's back there going, <coughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll end it with that. <laughs> Enough beating that. A fellow of infinite jest. He hath borne me on his back a thousand times. All right. Well, the flag and a relish on me yet, he did. <laughs> so, uh, thank yeah. you, Stephen, for the unsolicited advice. And it's, yeah. I, I hope brought up a thought-provoking conversation. Yeah. I think it's a great, I, it's a great topic, and I think it's something that a lot of us take for granted. A lot yeah. of us uh, a lot of us assume oh it doesn't really matter to people. And and I think it's important to look at some of these things and think, oh, this uh, is why it is. I'm glad we only spent 20 minutes on that. Hey, we want to make sure we cover everything. Some people <laughs> might call it beating a horse, but we're beating a dead horse. But, but we'd like to make sure we got all the angles covered. Hey, it might come back to life if it's you true. keep hitting it. Right? <laughs> that's, that's how CPR works. Right. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I've just been true. I've just been watching the uh, season two of uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events on How is on that? Netflix. Oh, it's amazing! Oh, it's okay. so good. It is so very good. And uh, but they go to this 
academy and their their mascot is a dead horse and they're having this pep rally and the cheerleader is going what can't be beat and they all go a dead, a dead horse, horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to pause because it's 20 minutes of laughter right there and you're dabbing your eyes oh, and then you put it back up a dead horse uh, and you're yeah, laughing again terrific. it is, uh, is so fun. good anyway. I've started watching uh, Black Sails the oh, Stars yeah, series yeah I'm loving that series. Yeah, yeah. It's just very loving good. it. Very well, good. you're yeah. in a pirate phase right now. No, I wasn't in a pirate phase when I started it. What, what game are you playing right now? <laughs> what game am I playing? Yeah, aren't you playing? Aren't you playing the, the Sea of Thieves? Isn't that I, about pirates? I, I've only played that like three times. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. I'm, I'm, in, I'm somewhere about in the middle of the second season. I think. I love yeah. that long. Just as a as a fan, I love the long format that they're taking these days with Netflix. Yeah. And like, yeah. like a show like Jessica Jones would uh-huh. not have worked as a movie. Yeah, you right. got to see Take her advantage beginning, of middle, that. and yeah. you got to see her un- unravel and get. Oh yeah, well that, that slow burn, uh, right. all of that. Being in, able in a regular show that would have been canceled before it even got yep. finished. Exactly. Got to yeah. tell yeah. those stories in that long format. Yeah. Yes. so much makes a difference. I'm yeah. watching Peaky Blinders right now. Oh yeah, it's six episodes and they're intense and it's this. Long story that they're yeah. able to tell and watch as everything. Take your damn time. It's right, so yeah. good. Yeah. It's and so I, good. I think binging has sort of set that free in a lot of ways because it, you know if you're having to wait a week between those episodes, it can it can be really tedious. But if you're watching like three or four episodes in a row, it doesn't matter that some of them are a little slow and more ponderous. No. And, and taking it's the difference, time. I guess, I you, if you want to bring it to gaming terms, the difference between a one shot or a, yeah. uh, a weekend or a campaign. Or a Cam- and a campaign, exactly. Uh-huh. You're yeah. able to take your time and let this thing unfold, and you realize yeah. that the bartender that had been serving you the entire time is actually the crime <laughs> boss yeah. right. who's been fucking with you the entire time, and you've been telling him all your secrets. Right? I'm gonna write this down. Uh, this is such a great idea. I'm, 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 I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because coincidentally, <laughs> the game that I've been working on what? has has only ever been run in one shots, mm-hmm. and um, I, had a, I had a brief attempt to try and, and do like an online game with some friends from around the country, but it was just so hard to organize everything, and I was still trying to write a book. Um, and, uh, and hold down a job. This yeah. Sunday, yeah, yeah, and hold down a job, which yeah. is a weird and thing. And have a relationship, do. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this Sunday, we get to kick off a campaign of Demigods, yes. and it's um, it's nice. actually going to go a bunch of Sundays, and they're long four-hour sessions. And, uh, yeah. like, it's gonna be great. Is that with this group here? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to play. Game. This guy nice. and uh, Kimmy and uh, Quiddy is not her name. Abria. Abria. <laughs> Quiddy's her uh, Twitch, uh, twi- Twitter name, and um, uh, Sam. Sam, Samantha, Sam. We have a lot of Sams yes. here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Pandroid. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited about this. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Play the verdant. Awesome. The verdant character is very fun. <laughs> the what? The verdant. I had a lot of fun oh. with my with my. Oh yeah. Character. I'd love to I play think, that character again. Yeah. Uh, that was, I think that was a hoot. Wait, I think that's the one I haven't played. I, I've played. Uh, I think I'm going to play the Elemental because I played it the very, very first test session, uh, one shot. Uh, I played the Elemental and it's gone through a lot of changes. Oh, so, so I'm yeah. I'm excited about kind of checking it out again after months of seeing the development process. Did, did I tell you about the porn star Verdant? No. Oh, um, but D- uh, Davy Krieg. Krieg. Oh yeah. Krieg. Um, <coughs> sat down to, to play uh, uh, do a play test with me at um, the con uh, orc con mm-hmm. and uh, he rolled up the verdant and gave us his backstory as like he's so the verdant is just this like full of life and vigor yeah, and yeah. all this yeah. and he wrote the character as a porn star That's guy awesome. and it's Bacchus yeah, yeah. Like, and that was the thing it was like all this like background he's like well I'm just gonna like 
monetize my uh, the way I'm already living. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It, it, there's no coincidence awesome. that pictures of Bacchus look like Ron Jeremy. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was a lot of fun to see. Like it was, I think it was the first time in a long time that somebody made a character that I just did not see coming. Right. Um, <laughs> pun intended. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's a treat. I think that's a treat Woo. for any GM. You know, when yep. you sit yeah. down and somebody hands you something, you're like. Uh, I've uh, literally yeah. never seen this before. Well, you Thank think you. So. Yeah. Some people get this arm like, "Oh my god, you're not taking my game seriously." But uh, oh no, uh, yeah. no, I was yeah. so pleased. I mean, there was a split second where I was like, "Oh god, yeah, porn star." <laughs> and then he like just unrolled this character. I was like, "This is amazing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes sense yeah. too yeah. within the parameters yeah. I yeah. gave you. you yeah. did, wow, we had right. a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun that day. Nice. All right, but wait, there's more. Who would like to read the first email? On this, this guy, oh. Adam volunteer. I volunteer. Yeah. First session shenanigans from Thank James. You. Yeah. You're welcome. Dear Happy Jacks, have a drink. Oh, right. Cheers to that. Mm. I'm James. I'm imagining that's what James sounds like. I'm James. Yep, uh, just like that. In January, I started a new D&D 5e campaign in a homebrew setting I've been developing off and on for a few years. We're meeting on Roll20, and the group includes a combination of my longtime gaming buddies and people I just met through Roll20's LFG system. Looking for game, for those of you not familiar with the vernacular. Oh, they actually have something built into it now, so you yeah. can... Oh, that's Apparently good. Apparently so. This yeah. is my first time I'm hearing about that, too. What a like brilliant a idea. game finder yeah. kind of thing. Right. That's cool. <laughs> we had a great session zero, and everyone was excited to begin. The players came up with the concept of a church-sponsored special forces unit as their adventuring troop. That's Love actually it. really that's, cool. That's I know, awesome. right? Yeah. On the first session, they were deployed on the northern edge of a human empire to investigate some urgent requests by the local clergy. The party covered the first leg of travel by ship. Along the way, they encountered another ship, grounded on some shallows and recognizable as belonging to a dark, majocratic foreign power. They board it and interrogate the captain, a white, who they learn was commanded to stay behind and guard the ship until his master returns. Can I just steal the word magicratic? Yep. I I know. I love that one. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. I was not... Sorry, I had a Manhattan before I came over here. Um... You had half a Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had two thirds of a Manhattan, and the second third I had to drink in like the twenty seconds before we left. Well, to be fair, you yeah. can't see all of so. Manhattan in one night. No, <laughs> but um, not with that attitude. Right. <laughs> they board it and interrogate the captain, Owite, who they learn was commanded to stay behind and guard the ship until his master returns. So the PCs killed it. I'm assuming the white. Along with the skeletal oarmen lurking below decks. No sweat, I'm not looking to play a morally nuanced game yet. They're church enforcers. These are undead, and church doctrine sure. is unambiguous yep. on the prescribed course of action. Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire! Kill it! <laughs> this was all just to foreshadow that a foreign power has arrived. Lest the players think they're getting a five minute workday, that's when the sea worm attacks attracted by the recent battle. Sweet. Nice. It's a meatbag solo encounter scaled to their level. In order to showcase the complication, its grapple attack, I first had it attack an NPC sailor. The plan was for the sea worm to remain roughly stationary, grapple a creature, then swing it around like a club, causing damage to both the grappled creature and another target. That's fantastic. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) James, you're doing great so far. Yeah, I'm loving this. That doesn't happen because the bard casts dissonant whispers. Bards ruin everything. I rule this does not break the grapple, so the sea worm flees underwater with the sailor in its mouth. They wait. We exit initiative. 
I finally think to ask for clarification from the players if they are wearing armor. The cleric and paladin confirm they are in heavy armor. Are you sure? They're sure. The sea worm emerges to attack again. I immediately roll 1d10 to select a random target from four PCs and six NPCs. The cleric's number comes up, and I telegraph that he is the focus of the sea worm's attention. On its turn, it successfully grapples the cleric. Once again, the plan is to bat around the victim like a club, but it shouldn't be too hard for the cleric to escape on his turn, especially if another PC helps him. Yay, teamwork? Mm, yeah, I hope but so. But it's the bard's turn next. Fucking oh, bards. Jesus. The player announces, I cast Dissonant Whispers. Again, the cleric is still grappled in a manner identical to the sailor who was dragged to his watery doom moments ago. Even worse, we confirmed the cleric is wearing heavy armor, so his prospects are especially poor once he's over the railing. I freeze for a moment, then announce, that action is potentially lethal to your ally. It's probably good that you clarify that, because bards don't often know. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> nor care. Nor care. Yeah. We're in the zone, man. We're making music. That's <laughs> The game comes to You're a screeching it. halt. We talk it over a few minutes and arrive at a group majority decision that the spell goes off, but the sea worm releases the cleric because he's upwards of 250 pounds in his armor and gear, not some scrawny sailor like the one who got dragged overboard earlier. I give them a first session shenanigans pass. The game resumes. Much fun is had by all, and we won D&D that night. Yeah. Congratulations. I advise I the player. I play in this game. I know, right? It's Pretty really cool. good. James, please contact me. <laughs> I don't have any time to play in other games. I know, right? Yeah. I advise the players to tease the bard's player from time to time by reminding him about this incident. How about you? Do you go a little easy on the first session of a new campaign, or is it balls to the wall from the get-go? Got any first session death horror stories of your own? Have a drink, but you'll never be douchebags to me. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Never be douchebags to um, me. I uh, <laughs> absolutely endorse going easy on round one, especially if it's a group of strangers. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. If, mm-hmm. if it's my group of friends who I've played with a bunch, yeah, all gloves are off. Like, I will yeah. murder your ass. Fuck your like, guys. Like, <laughs> like, like, PC death is not my intention. I am um, very much a fan of the players and these characters. Like, I want to see the cool story. But you telegraphed everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This bard is 100% responsible, and as far as I'm concerned, wanted the cleric to die. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Possibly guilty of murder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's attempted yeah. murder. Yeah. Um, you, you did everything right. Yeah. You, you set up everything so that they would have a clarity. There was no gotcha moment. There was no, nope. um, you know, it's like, look, if you do this thing. Um, bad shit will happen. It grappled the thing. You cast that spell. It went into the water and drowned the dude in its mouth. Um, Then the exact same situation comes back around like, yes, that's going to happen again. Yeah, right. right. But I 100% agree with how you handled that. I do too. uh, This is potentially lethal to your teammate. And everyone's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, So let's talk about that. Um, And now they know that you use foreshadowing and that you you telegraph things right. and that you know you, you 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 try to set up things but you also want to maintain an internal logical consistency right. which for a bunch of people sitting around a table playing pretend together it's the only thing that keeps us from um, devolving into um, playground sandbox 
I have an invincibility shield. No, you right. don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> right. like, yeah. It's the only difference between us and toddlers in the sand. Right. <laughs> is, There's rules, people. Internal logical consistency. Right. Um, and we take that consistency. That, that, oh, God, yeah. We take that difference very yeah. seriously. Yeah. And I don't know the last time you played like shields with a toddler, but there are some serious rules. Yeah. And usually they're entirely 100% in favor of the yeah, toddler yeah. and against you. Let's yeah. pretend you don't have a shield and sword right now, and I'm going to kill you, okay? Right. All right, here we go. Okay. What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> yeah. No, that's the rules. You don't have Yo. a sword and shield, and I do. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, well, I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, what, anybody else? I, did anyone have any sto- any stories like that, early death stories that they averted or let happen? Anything like I'm that? I'm trying to think of something specific. Yeah, uh, I, I, I had one that almost happened, and I just cheated, so it didn't. Yeah. And that was when I, I I've talked about this a lot, when I ran a GURPS uh, one-shot, and it was like a time travel thing. Mm-hmm. I had made a, <clears throat> a recording. The players had found a, um, like a, a clay um, cylinder mm-hmm. um, that fit exactly in the, uh, the wax cylinder... Vitrola. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Like, mm. like uh, everything about it, like perfectly fit in there. Mm-hmm. But it was made out of clay, and it was verified to be thousands and thousands of years old. Oh, it had been fine. perfectly protected inside of this pyramid or something. Yeah. And they listened to it, and I had made a recording of the super scratchy recording with my best Serbian accent, and it was Nikola <laughs> Tesla <laughs> saying that he was stuck uh, back in time, yeah. and could someone please come and get him. Basically. Nice. So that was the beginning of it, and then the player ca- players when it started, there was a firefight right in the very beginning, and I got a critical success on that. Oh yeah. One of the PCs yeah. with a rifle, and it would have killed yeah. his character, and so I'm like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or it was I, a regular hit. I'm a big fan. So here's here's my philosophy. Whenever I'm whenever I'm GMing, especially because uh, I have no control really if I'm a player other than to say I don't like this game um, <laughs> but, but I don't like conflict so I actually won't say that I'll just like I'll just make excuses just for like six months and then I'm like well I've missed for six months I guess I can't come anymore that gets uh, me that, out of the game right, right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but whew, sorry, just nearly fell off my chair. Um, I should have more beer. Yep, um, or another Manhattan. Mm, I know. I, I almost went and bought some whiskey oh, to bring, but um, maybe a but, two Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now I'm a little distracted. Um, tainted, if you will. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get you it. You and your Gucci shoes. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> One, two, three. It's always in three. We come yeah, all yeah, the way yeah. back around. Yeah. You know, I, I heard, I, I read all of the state of the podcast uh, posts, and one We're of them was everything like, that they said. Yes. No, no yes, some of it was like, you guys don't drink enough and burp enough, and I'm like trying to drink enough so that I can burp. Um, but you know, and I still know. hit the mute buttons. Okay. I hit the mute button yeah. when I burp now. Okay. Can- um, solely for Canada. Yes. Yeah. I. I you know. I, I'm. I'm a, a gay Protestant from the Midwest. I'm not supposed to burp Wait any way. <laughs> You're you a Protestant. Know. I was. Let's, I should use the correct reformed, tense there. A reformed yes. Protestant. Reformed Protestant. Um, wait, wait, let me. Let me do that better. Wait. 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 <laughs> You're Protestant? Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I never saw that coming. No, I know, right? Yeah. Mm. Beer and finish my thought, which was oh, 
So when you're thinking about storytelling, and, and this is cooperative storytelling uh, at its best form, in my opinion, um, but when you're thinking about story, storytelling, the PCs are the main characters. These are the heroes of your story. Whether your story is heroic and epic, or whether it's tragic and, you know... Or slapstick comedy. Or slapstick comedy. These are the heroes. They're the stars. They're the characters that are the most important. If they die for, like, random reasons, like, oh, the sea worm retreated and didn't let go of you in the very first five minutes, that's not a PC. Yeah. That's not what happens to a to the main characters of the story. Yeah, that's Ned Stark. It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It might be an important character, but that's not a focus character. And and, and so if you if you are so tied to the rules in a story that you're telling that you are killing off your PCs in the first session, I think that is weak storytelling. Mm-hmm. And and it, it you are perfectly welcome to do it, and especially if you're more of the like dungeon crawl. We have no emotional attachment to these characters. We're just here to hack and slash, and we're gonna you know or we're borderline strategy gaming with some voices. Fine, that's that's totally okay. You play that, and you and you kill off whatever characters you want. You're not telling a story. You're playing a game. Totally acceptable and sure. extremely fun in some cases. Uh, but if you're telling a story. There should be some weight to those characters, and they should be important. And and these these characters are not the same level as characters who would die in the first twenty minutes of the story that you're telling. Right. I I think there's a couple of things going on here. You you brought up the point about you just learned something about your GM. Mm-hmm. You learned mm-hmm. about his style. You learn to watch for his tells. You learn what what it is he does, and he's a fair GM, uh-huh. and that's really cool. I actually I, I really like the way you resolve that problem. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, back in the day when I was uh, an angry fifteen year old, I was a pretty vengeful GM, and I can remember on one occasion we were playing a champions game, and we had very varying power levels. So we had like a ninja character, we had a Iron Man character, and such. Long story short, they were fighting some robots, and I and I set up a situation one? where the ninja character could have could be effective, basically putting a door in the in the robot. And he never bothered to look for it. He kept trying to just attack them. Right. And I kept... I, I, I think I hinted that, you know, well, your sword seems to be ineffective. They just got angrier and angrier. And, and in hindsight, I should have let them know. It's like, all right, you, you, there's powering up. Yeah, like forced a perception check or something. Right. Yeah. Part of it, too, was not completely understanding your power set. And I think perhaps because this is the first time, the new bard, he didn't fully understand the ramifications of his powers... And I think that that's also on the GM to know that as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. the characters get made, or sometimes they pick powers, and they don't fully understand what it is they're doing. And I think it's fair for the GM to say, all right, this is what this power does, and if you do that, this is what's going to happen. Do you know that? Yeah. Right. And if they decide then that they're going to kill the cleric, that's full-on murder. But I think a lot of times <laughs> they don't fully grok what it is they're doing. Well, you know, I, yeah. There's a lot going on. They're like, I, I, I cast the effect of spell that worked last time. It's just like the whole thing when people make a character... And for like the first two or three sessions, it's like, okay, if there's something about your character that you made that you don't like, it's not working yeah. for you, just go ahead and change it. Yeah, oh, just yeah. swap it. So yeah. Let me know what it is and go ahead and change swap it. Swap yeah. a skill point if it doesn't, uh-huh. you know, like, yeah, figure exactly. out your character. But, like, but you won't know that until you yeah. drag right. it exactly. back to his death. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, I, I think it's <clears throat> fine to have a, a you know, a... A, what would you a break in period for your character right. where you kind of figure out what it is you want to play, whether or not you're playing what you want. Also, I I have a slightly different take on this in that, or, or let's say a, a, a caveat. 
this cleric would have died through no fault of their own, right? The bard, <laughs> like <laughs> if the bard was bringing about their own doom, I I I think my warning would have been like, look, this is what happened last time. Are you're caught in the jaws of this worm? Are you sure you want to cast this? And it whispers right. on it because last time it dragged a sailor to its doom. And, and I don't even know if I would be that clear. I'd be like, are you sure you want to do that? Do you remember what happened last time? Because I'm, it's important to me that they have this sense of internal consistency mm-hmm. of like, you cast this last time, it drags someone to their death. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen now? Right. <laughs> well, and I, I, I make fun of the bard in this situation. Uh-huh. However, if you're looking at this from a character's perspective, it is entirely possible if the character is thinking, well, this cleric is going to die anyway. Yep. It's it's caught in the jaws of the sea worm, and, and they just seen an NPC die. Yep, yeah, right. So it's either it's either we kill the cleric so that the rest of us can survive because I know this drives it off, or you know, or we are all going to die and the cleric dies yeah, anyway. But I think if that was the player's character choice, that the game wouldn't have ground to a halt with a big conversation. Yeah, that's you know, true. He, yeah. he would have said. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm saving us all and sacrificing the cleric. I'm doing that on purpose. Yeah. I, like, I, again, you guys are saying the same thing, which is I don't think either of them completely res- or the bard didn't completely realize no. the consequences of his actions. Yeah. Right. And I think it's completely within the GM's purview to point that out. And in fact, the responsibility. I think the so. Uh-huh. I think yeah. so. At, at any time, even an experienced character, it's like, all right, you know that. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. You know you're a bard. You've been doing this enough. You know that's going to happen. Because sometimes the drunk player might go, oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can still yeah. do that. I just want you to know that that's, this is yeah. a consequence. Like, yeah. if, like if you want to fire your, your giant shoulder-mounted magnetic accelerated railgun cannon <laughs> um, right next to where your friend is. Well, that's an oddly uh, specific reference. Uh, position. <laughs> Then it you, was tactically sound. Then, then <laughs> you should have some, like, hopefully the GM would stop and say, now you know there's a big area effect, and that and, your and, friend is. Did would. the GM stop and, and actually point that out to the player? I, I feel like that the yeah, GM probably yeah, did in that yeah. situation, but. Hmm. The but, problem um, in this situation was that there, there was a critical failure. <laughs> that was the problem of the situation. <laughs> Oh, was was a, a, I, I can't recall what the specific it's situation was. It's not that the band was, was off. <laughs> we, were, we were fighting. We were fighting a, a demon with an iron taint. Yep. <laughs> we were. Because yep. we were attacked. Because Bill's character <laughs> was attacking the taint. <laughs> and I, the, the, the party keeps clumping on stuff. They all have ranged weapons. They all have ranged <laughs> weapons. Yeah, yeah. I have one gun. It's an area effect. And it's <laughs> a big, huge cannon of whoop ass. Uh-huh. Yes. I was, I was playing a, 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 a glitter boy. In fact, his picture is right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it got taken down. Uh, but he's got he's has a, he has a rail gun. Yeah. And if you're near him when he fires it, you're deafened for a certain number of rounds. <laughs> and if you're where it is, it, it has an area where it just does an enormous amount of damage. Practically obliterates everything yes. around. It shoots yeah. like Volkswagen buses. I mean, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, well, it's, it's like titanium yeah, darts that are yeah. going at hypervelocity. Yeah. 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 So I fire the thing, and I it's, we're playing Savage Worlds. I roll two ones, which is a critical failure. Right. Yeah. And I had placed it, and I'd done this numerous times before, where it's like the party clumps. I'm like, ah. Okay, well, I'm going to aim here, so I'll hit the thing, right. and, and I, my, my skill level's super high, right? Yeah. I very rarely miss. But, it's a surgeon with that guy. But, you, right. but there's nothing you can do when you roll two ones. Nope. So I rolled two ones, I'm like, I critically failed. <laughs> and then Bill's character decided, because he had a thing on his character sheet, he was playing a crazy, 
is a thing called Blaze of Glory, which is one of his uh, I, uh, probably Ending an edge. Moves. It's yeah. like an yeah. edge or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. But his character dies, but all kinds of other stuff happen. Right. So basically, I fire and I end up hitting one of our uh, one of our other player characters, who is a uh, 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 the young dragon, S- uh, Samantha's character, mm-hmm. and it's going towards her at hyper velocity. But his character, because he's all juiced up and everything, w- is able to leap in front of it, and it's like vaporized, and, yeah. th- and it deflects the dart enough so that it misses her. Yeah. She, and the, th- the thing is, she probably would have survived the hit. Mm. I still yeah. remember you hit all of them actually, but a lot of them no. shook it off because no. there was a radius, wasn't there? Hmm. Mm, I don't but think anyway. so. Yeah. I don't think so. But I will say. That goes back to my point of that's a worthy PC death. Oh, yeah. That's a way a, a PC dies. That's it, built into the totally, game mechanics of that. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's great. I it, like I I love it when you have a character that you love so much that you are willing to sacrifice them yeah. uh it, for the story. And and that's that's when you know like you've really got a good story. I, yeah, right. I don't, not with the bards yeah. being a douchebag and singing right. the wrong song. And exactly. Yeah. But I don't think this bard right. was doing that on purpose. No. No. Yeah. No. no. And I think that that's really the takeaway from this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like if, if once you explain it to them and they still go, yeah, fuck that cleric. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different story. Now you're not right. telling. Yeah. I, I don't. That's know. intent. That's murder. Right. Yeah. I don't know how I got to this so early. Like. In high school, running Shadowrun First Edition, I don't know. Maybe there was something about this in the rule book, like they had mentioned, "Hey, if you're a new GM, watch out for things like this." But like, I remember telling my high school players, um, "Hey, look, guys, you know, you're you're not going to get killed in some chump death, but if you stand up in the middle of a gunfight and run across the room to stab a guard with your sword, yeah, who's." <laughs> Who's like firing at you with a light machine gun? Right. You're not gonna make it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's you, just it's not gonna happen. You should know. And, and it's it seems funny to me that like 17 year old me, you know, was thinking to hand, like the book must have said something about it that. Probably I, did. Yeah. I don't think I could have come up with that on my own at that yeah. point. Yeah. But um, you know, just that that there would be something baked into the the play to say like. Yeah, like, look, this is a, a deadly game, and you've got health points, and, and you could die, but don't give anyone a chump death, you know? Right, right. Like, like make it worth it. Make, like, this is a game to have fun and be yeah, cinematic yeah. and big, and, and, you know, like, don't don't give anyone a chump death. But if somebody's completely careless and they understand the risks, that's not really a chump death. Yes. It, yeah. Right. They, they made a real bad decision. The yeah. term being yeah. a fan of your characters, or being a fan of your players, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. is a complete is new to me because that was never mentioned where anywhere in High Guy Galaxy. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Well, I, I missed the whole yeah. D&D train in yeah. growing up. Like, I, I went so straight. To, I started was, with Shadowrun. It was almost, and still is, into a, a sort of competitive. It's yeah. like players yeah. won't yeah. even let the GM know what they're going to do until they do it. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And it's like, it's surprising the GM. So now the GM doesn't have time to, to, to yeah. plan a way to fuck with and you. And you still yeah. do but that. Yes. In our games, we, I, we still have I, that mindset. Yes, I yeah. still I still play not competitive, but I don't want to. I don't because with 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 D and D, and especially back in the day when people would you, you you give them a chance to retaliate against you. So if you surprise them, now they don't have a right. chance to plan and they have to react. I, maybe that's that's where that sort of comes from. Yeah, well, I, you're, you're assuming a, a GM yeah. who when you tell them like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Um, cast polymorph on myself and make myself real small and then sneak around, then 
the, you're assuming, well, the DM on their turn is going to like cap do, do something right. to counteract yeah. it yeah. before you do your thing and yes. metagame it. Right. Yes. That's your fear is metagaming. Well, and yes, yeah. it was yeah. a big problem. The word metagame hadn't been invented yet, but right. that was a big problem right. back in right. the day. Uh, I know that's that almost that's almost a whole other topic. Is it, GM metagame? It absolutely uh-huh. is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. But uh, mm. to bring it back around, I, I think that a lot of games now that advice be a fan of your character is written in the books. It's yeah. not always or be a fan of your player. <laughs> As a player, oh, I'm a both. fan of my character. <laughs> but yeah. No, it's characters. You're a fan yeah, of the characters. Yeah. You're yeah. a fan yeah. of the yeah. characters. I, I want to watch the show. You right. do, <laughs> right? And I and I think that that. Uh, that little phrase, however they phrase it in books, is, is becoming much more prevalent. I, and that's a, perhaps maybe what you hit upon, but I think that that's a real eye-opener, and it's something that's, well, to my mind, new. <laughs> Probably been around 40 years. It's new. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it, and it is a revelation, because yeah. games, by their, by their construct, really are competitive. Whether you're competing against randomness, like in Solitaire, whether you're competing against other players, like Monopoly. Even traditional RPGs. Even traditional uh-huh. RPGs. They, 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 yeah. they, the, look at the combat mechanics. Yes. It's like there's a reason you have dice. The GM just doesn't decide who's right. going to win or lose. And, right. But there's you, still a, there's you, still a, com- a combat kind yes, of thing there going is. on. Like yes. you're throwing bad guys at me, and I don't yeah. like it. And I'm going to figure out a way to get around <laughs> yeah. your bad guys. Damn it! I I I feel like maybe a lot of that comes out of D and D's origins as you know being connected to strategy games, yeah. uh, you know, to war games. And and so it's natural to play that as more of a it's an adversarial relationship, and it's and it's not a I don't like you we're enemies relationship. It's a it's a I'm the opposition, like and it, you're my opposition. I'm yours. We're fighting against each other in this game that we're playing, and that's the nature of the game. It's right. it's like. You know, the, when you're playing Battleship, it's not like the other person on, uh, you know, the person on the other side is evil. They're just the opposition. You're, you know. Well, uh, maybe they are. Yeah. Uh, maybe some of us play that I'm playing the allies and they're playing the axis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe right. we role, role play a little bit when we're playing it. <laughs> maybe. Right. The Empire's yeah. a legitimate government. We're all good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're the ones in charge. Just right. Yeah. A good soldier. Um, I think there are a lot of GMs out there that still play sort of antagonistic. Oh, yes. yeah. the, uh, I can I can think of one who even goes by an angry uh, uh, denomination that really likes it, or at least revels in the fact that he likes to <laughs> pick on his players. Oh, yeah. But I know that we get enough horror stories, and we even get enough people that they the, the writing in that they don't that that's kind of the the norm. Uh-huh. There's a lot of that out there, and maybe the yeah. landscape is slowly changing. But you know what? But when it comes to combat, I I don't think as long as as long as the GM is is acting within. The constraints of the NPCs or the monsters or whatever yeah. that he has in front of him. Yeah. Playing tactically, uh, a, a sound tactics. Yeah. If you're a GM who's capable of that, which I'm not, mm-hmm. but if you're a GM who's capable of that, and you, and they have you know a good leadership, and and you're fighting, let's say a bunch of veterans or something like that, having the GM play, look at that and and do his best to try to beat the party in that staged combat. I don't think that's a disservice. No, that's different. I think that's right. different from yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. But but is that different from what you're talking about? Well, you're okay, more you're talking play, about... Unless you play with Bill, who's really good with tactics, and he wipes out an entire party with one kobold. <laughs> well, okay, I, that could happen. That could happen. Yeah, and <laughs> honestly, like, uh, this is uh, something I recently discovered. So, so I recently ran a 5e game. Uh, I ran the Sunless Citadel campaign uh, in 5e for... My nephew and some neighbors, uh, uh, most of which had never played D&D before. So I'm responsible for explaining the rules to them. 
I'm responsible for creating the 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 setting, the story, and I'm responsible for running their opposition. So like I knew for a fact that there were things I could do with my NPCs that could just wipe them out sure. instantly mm-hmm. because I knew the rules and they didn't know that I could do these things. Right. I chose to go easier on them, not to fudge rolls or anything like that, but but you know, I I was like I I tried to play it more as the opposition was at the same level as them as opposed to the opposition just knows how to gain the rules. A finely better. tuned machine. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Here so, little toddler, here's a very big sword and I've got the same big sword. Whack. Whack. <laughs> yeah, right. I have the same weapon. What? what? Yeah, right? we follow yeah. the same rules. That's like when Allie and I when somewhere in the house we have like there's foam swords or something. Uh-huh. And it's like the difference between a kid and an adult She's trying to hit my sword. I'm trying to hit her head. I'm like, yeah. Boom, oh boom, yeah, yeah. Boom. I'm like, well, you need to parry. Get your guard up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then she goes for the taint, and it's all over. Shoes <laughs> <laughs> on the ground, going. <laughs> and Allie's standing over him, going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> I am <laughs> so yeah, There's, there's exactly. collateral damage yeah. in a taint attack. That, that Frazetta scene with Conan standing on the body. Yeah, that's Allie. I'm, I'm stew curled up. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm gonna mute for a second. I'm sorry. And uh, that's it for Adam tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you, James, yeah. for yeah. the email. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't keep have doing a- what you're doing, James. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And, yeah. and we didn't have a lot of stories. And a good writer, I got to say. I, yeah, I, I like yeah. Way, I really like the way he uh, composes emails. Yeah. Can I Absolutely. send you my emails so you can make them better? <laughs> yeah, and send us more emails, right? Yeah. Please. Static damage versus dynamic damage. Brandon from Delaware, who would like sure, to read? I'll, the- I'll take that. He got a good Delaware accent. No, this is written like a robot, though, so I can do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Greetings, tertiary adjuncts for douche immatrix zero one. <laughs> Just to mix things up a bit, I'm going to open by telling you to drink rather than sticking it at the end. And a P.S. So do so. Sticking. It Thank at you the for end. sticking it in. Oh, <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't mean it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> we were all going there. Mm-hmm. Just don't call me Shirley. Um, <laughs> as anyone on the Discord can attest, uh, there's a Happy Jacks Discord channel. If you yep. didn't know, oh, we forgot um, about that in our social media. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, This is a question I've been mulling over for a while, and I still have yet to come to an answer on my own. Which is a better system? Static damage or dynamic damage? Allow me to elaborate. In some systems, World of Darkness, Genesis, etc., weapons have a flat damage rating and add extra damage based upon excess degrees of success achieved on the attack roll. Generic rifle number three inflicts four damage on a shot, plus one per success after the first. This is what I mean by static damage. However, other systems, D20, uh, SW is probably Star Wars, Savage Savage Worlds. But I like the way your mind works. Yeah. List their weapon as having a range of damage determined by die. A longsword inflicts 1d8 damage and gains no bonuses to damage regardless of how incredible the attack roll is. Critical hits notwithstanding. This is what I mean by dynamic damage. Uh, I call that wild damage, by the Mm. way. And I think Mm. we're about to agree on a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Oh, now you don't express your opinion Well, which do you prefer? (laughs) Why do you believe one style is better For a particular tone of game Pulp, horror, etc I'm curious to hear the crew's opinions on this matter Keep kicking ass and taking names, guys Corporal Brand is just another busy drone On the forums and Discord We weren't supposed to read his last name, damn it 
Oh hell! Uh, sorry. Well, uh, you, can't, you can't say that. Yeah, you'll have to go bleep it out. Make I'll a note of it. I'll bleep it out. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's been bleeped. Uh, and thank you for your service. Uh, Hour fifteen. P.S. Stu, I request earnestly that you do another GURPS actual play. For all the love it gets on this podcast, there's a dearth of content directly relating to it. I have one planned. Mm-hmm. It'll probably happen after L5R. Uh, PPS favorite beer. I assume that's a question. Uh, mine is the uh, Abbott 12 St. Bernardus. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, free beer. Free beer. <laughs> free beer. Uh, red Trolley Ale. Oh, you know what? Actually, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. That's yeah. one. Free I love red ales and red trolley, red trolley red is so good. I like yeah. pretty much, yeah. yeah. And it's San Diego, I think. Yeah. You have a parody right? song yeah. to record. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm as free as a beer now. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah, yeah. Easy. What? I'm drinking it right now. <laughs> if only they I, gave I, us money. I wish they were public and I would own stock. Mm. No. Because they always say you should buy the stock of the products that you love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I will say it's one of the few pale ales that I actually enjoy drinking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's yeah. consistent. It's yes. Consistently good. yes. Um, in uh, regards to Brandon's email. Oh! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and. I, Oh, real quick in regards to Grand- Brandon's PS, I did challenge Stu recently to ex- to actually expose me to GURPS in a way that would actually make me like. That the sounds okay. dirty. Uh, 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 yeah. You can be. Uh, so. It's a time travel game. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I want right. to okay. play in it too because my only experience with GURPS has been bad. Okay. That's what right. I. That's what yeah. I told him. My one single GURPS experience was so bad. And and yet, so many people love it. I'm like, okay, that's not an uncommon experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like, let's see if I missed something. It'll, it'll be like a, an abused gamer shelter. Yes, <laughs> <That's> right. right? <laughs> the, the experience that I've had, and I've played Everyone multiple teddy bears. times. I, I think, <laughs> I think the the Gerps grognards are m- mm. maybe among the most extreme the, of. It's of not, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Pathfinder. It's, oh, it's uh, not. Okay. Just, yeah, I yield. I yield <laughs> to the path. It's not the system. It's the GM because. Anyway. Well, that's what I. It is. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm talking right. about. We'll get, is, but it's. That's the problem with any game. But, yes. but I feel like. But I feel like certain games draw certain kinds of GMs. Like like yes. you're not going to get that grognard running um, uh, Apocalypse World. Right. Yeah, like, right. Like they, there's nothing for them yeah. to grognard. Right. <laughs> yeah. If I, I mean, may verb a noun. Yeah. GURPS right. quite yeah. literally um, has a rule for everything. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I mean, the people who uh, who coming off of D&D 3.5 were like, I want to double down on this. Those are grognardy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. there's a well, certain type of character. Grog- nerdy. Nerdy. Oh, <laughs> well grog- played, yeah. sir. Yeah. I like that. Um, I've been trying to figure out a way to work dearth elemental into this. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! I I don't know what a dearth elemental is, but I want that's elemental. That's the elemental that just wants more. Um, yeah. Now let me just say my preference between these two. Types of damage systems is for the static damage system, yeah. And, the, and I sat for a couple. Of, well, really, one reason from both sides. Player is like roll. I miss. God damn it! I roll. I miss. God damn it! I roll. I hit. Oh, I rolled a one. Yeah, right. So there's a minimum amount of damage you're going to do with static system. Yeah, right. Like right. if if you have a rifle or a sword or something, it's going to do four points of damage or five yeah. points of damage or whatever it is, and then all the extra successes you get. Because I don't know about Genesis. Yeah, I, I only know about. Here, here's the thing that mm-hmm. bugs me about. Um, about a dynamic damage system is that a great axe 
and a dagger can roll the same damage. Yeah. Yes. Right? Now, theoretically, you're adding your strength bonus and blah, 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 and that's your floor. Yeah. But, um, but that's, to me, what I don't like about that is the wild range of numbers that the great axe can get. Yeah. Right. One through two, you know, 12 possible numbers just sounds crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, okay, this, this is going to tread dangerously close to, to, uh, to a minefield. Uh, uh, please please, just allow me to get up to the edge without, without getting going there. But, I will step on the mine for you. Go but, ahead. Okay, but it's... <laughs> A lot of the the dynamic damage came from Dungeons and Dragons, where yes. armor was abstracted. Yes, and uh, so the bullshit. dagger and the ba- battle axe. <laughs> the dagger and the battle axe. I'm at the edge of the minefield. I haven't actually yeah. stepped in. I'm I'm looking at it. Yeah, but uh, the dagger and the battle axe can do the same damage because the armor wasn't fully abstracted. Now, with something like GURPS or in a lot of modern games where armor is statted out and will take damage and such. The dynamic damage doesn't make much sense anymore, does it? Right. Well, you ha- yeah. you yeah. can still have you can still have swings and damage in GURPS with damage because of the fact that you're only you only have d sixes, so it's however many d sixes plus a die modifier, and that yeah. die modifier is really one of the things that's <laughs> determining. The big difference, of course, is when you have when you're rolling two d six as opposed to a d twelve. Yeah. Your results yeah. are going to kind of clump up yeah. near seven, right. yeah. Yeah. whereas you your results with the D twelve yeah. could be anything. Yeah. 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 So here's the thing that that gets me about that, and I know I preference, um, I prefer static damage because I grew up on Shadowrun, and in Shadowrun your gun did four damage, and then if you got two successes, it stages up, and it's now it's not four light damage, it's four serious damage. Oh, and okay. I, and, right. and 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 what it felt to me, like it. it the very first game <coughs> system I played rewarded me for a good hit, right? right. But in D and D, if their AC is twelve and you get a twelve or a nineteen, it doesn't matter. It's not right. a better hit, you know. And in Shadowrun, if you needed two successes to hit, but you got five successes, <laughs> the the system <coughs> rewards you for uh, doing that much better. Right. right, and so um, that felt satisfying to me. It came out mm-hmm. of somebody's D and D house rule. <laughs> sure, it may probably have. so. It may yeah, have, yeah, probably. <clears throat> um, you know, and, and like if you beat the AC by five or more, maybe it should do something. You know, maybe you should add however much you beat the AC by to. But but now D and D has more math in it. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like th- yeah. there's enough. There's enough math yeah. in D and D. Don't change the way you're playing D and I'm just saying I prefer <coughs> the the static system where. This thing does this much damage, and if you get a really good hit, you're going to add it or double it, or you're going to do more damage because good job. Uh, um, just another busy drone on the forum says that Genesis uses the same uh, damage that the Star Wars FFG, that, which makes sense. Oh, game okay. Uses, which is a number plus you add. Yeah, plus your successes. I think, or I think so. Or whatever. Yeah. I like yeah. the static damage only because it simplifies things for everybody. Yes. Yes. A bullet too. is a bullet. It is always the same point uh, unless you get a couple of overages and everybody yeah. there's not a lot of complicated running down not, now when you said getting hit with a bullet is always going to ruin your day. How did I right. rolled a 19 how did I only get a 1? There's none of those arguments. It's yeah. like a bullet is a bullet. Here's your four points. Take mm-hmm. it and go run and, and mark it off and we're going to keep going. Yeah, subtract yeah. your one armor and go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it does it, it speeds the game up. Ultimately, we're trying to tell a story here. We're not really trying to trying to uh, adjudicate damage and keep track of it. Because when when a game starts turning more into rule uh, uh, tab keeping and math and spreadsheeting. trying to do spreadsheeting, right. yeah, I'm out. It's not fun. Oh, just another busy drone. Actually, is Brandon? Yes. Oh, hey. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. 
Oh, well, yes. no, he just said that on the in the. He said chat. it here in his email in as his well. Letter. I was peeing. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. So I, I, I know. And I don't I, pre-read all of these. <laughs> <emails. laughs> just the beginning. And I and I, I I am a little frustrated when there's dynamic damage with a game that has like say subtractive armor, or when there's a a, a genuine armor stat that does something, and you're like, well, now why is my I'm rolling a one. What is that supposed to represent? Right. I, I, I didn't shoot you well enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it could it could a grazing shot. See, here's 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 the the wonderful and and maybe kind of annoying thing about groups. Your damage is dynamic. You're gonna roll. You know, you have a gun. It's gonna do X amount of damage or whatever. And there's formulas to figure out what your damage is depending on what your strength is. If you're using melee weapons and stuff like that. So you have your whatever your damage might be. It might be two d six plus three, right? So you have that. So you're going to do at least five points of damage, which in groups is not nothing. The average character yeah. only has ten hit points but, anyway. But to me, mm-hmm. the five to fifteen range is fucking wild. Like, oh yeah, oh like yeah. That blows my mind. Right. That it could do three times as much damage as you know, like well, that's it can do more than that. Yeah. Because there's hit locations. <laughs> yeah. And there's multipliers oh, for hit it's locations. It's not getting right. better. So <laughs> if, but if you if you if you are aiming for the vitals, which is minus three yeah. to hit. Up. So, like but taint. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, I just subtly it's worked the, it in there. It's I'm from like the stork. throat all the way to the taint. Yes, yeah. all the way to the taint. I'm Actually, not, I'm not sure I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, no, the, your joke was way better than. Mine. Oh, that was the, <laughs> but if you if you hit the vitals, you're going to do I think twice damage. So whatever you roll. You're going to double it. Oh, man. If you hit for the head, no, I think it's three times it's, damage. It's easy. If you want to shoot somebody in the head, you take a round to aim. Negates the, 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 the minus. It's, it's, it's and minus you, five and then you to do hit. Like five times. It's minus five to hit the head in the head, like you should. Right. But you have <laughs> you, you also have an accuracy rating. So if you take one turn to aim, you add the accuracy rating to to whatever your die roll is. It's, it's on the GM. You say I want to shoot him in the head. Yeah, it's, it's like it's it's all a, all you're at a minus ten to hit. It should be all on the GM. What if I aim? Then it'll be even. All right, I'm going to aim for a round. So I if you if you have a skill of fifteen. And you say, I want to shoot the guy in the head. I, was, I'll, I, will t- I would tell you, you need to roll a 10 or less on your 3d6. Because you always roll 3d6 whenever you do anything. Oh, right? oh okay. That's so nice. You're, that's it. Yeah. Right, so, you're done. You so, played GURPS. So, <laughs> so, but, but that's a 50-50 shot. So yeah. you might say, you know what? I'm going to take a turn to aim. Because the guy's just sitting there. Okay. Accuracy rating of your weapon, because it has a scope, is plus 8. So now you have to roll an 18 or less. On 3d6. Oh, on three dice. Well, that's guaranteed. Yes. Okay. And Got 18 it. is always going to be a, a right. Fail. And how much damage do you get with a bullet to the head, Stu? If it's a sniper rifle, you're talking like 8d6. <laughs> that's a lot. So, so 8 damage. 8 damage at the very minimum, <laughs> the way I roll. which will be tripled because <laughs> you're aiming for the brain. Yeah. So that the, the, And your damage is whatever your health is, which is going to be somewhere between, for most characters... Eight to fifteen. Okay, so it's you're going to almost kill. always you're going to kill. Well, I don't, I don't think we want to get bogged down in a but just, tutorial. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just fine. Not but it's bogged. I, no, there's no bogging. <laughs> I feel bogged. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's got some modifiers. The problem with GURPS and the problem with the, probably the kind of people that ran it for you is there. If you go through those books and you distill out all of the dice modifiers, yeah. there are. Yeah, mm. and if your GM doesn't know the game backwards and forwards like Stu or flip, flip, the flip, flip, does, flip, 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 flip. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. what you need to do is you look at it. There's a few things you look for. There's range modifiers. You want to know those if it's far or mm-hmm. whatever. You're not selling them on it. He's, he's, no. he's tuning out. <laughs> I can tell if, you're I'm aiming, if you're aiming for a certain <laughs> hit location, if you're not, you don't need to worry about it. Uh. It's whatever your skill level is. And that's basically it. And then you just basically look for what it, what's the most relevant thing. Are you going to... 
unstable target, you might be at a minus one. See, here's a, here's a streamline that I've, I've always liked better. Shadowrun didn't have hit locations, and at one point we were like, oh, we, maybe we should come up with some, and then we realized, like, oh, this is complicated. If it did a lot of damage, it hit center mass or grazed the head or something. If it did a little bit of damage, it hit the leg or the arm. Right. Cool. Yeah, it was like, well, the great, way, let's move on because this right. is too much work. The, right. the, whole, the, whole, the whole thing about the hit location in GURPS is it's, it involves intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want, I want to hit the guy in the head and I have the time to line up the shot and make the I shot. Mean, don't you always, if you're shooting at someone, are you always trying to do a killing shot? Yes, but I that's mean, the point. I mean, uh, I, was, I was playing a game, here, playing a game uh, about a year ago where my guy took, it was a sniper guy, took a shot. Uh, it, it got did rolled well and rolled a one and barely broke the windshield and he was <laughs> aiming for the guy's head and it was very un- anticlimactic. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. It was the rules. He would kill him in, in groups. You, yeah. if you score a, a, a headshot, you're gonna kill the guy unless mm-hmm. it's like an ancient red dragon or something. <laughs> then then maybe it's... And that is, and that is the nice thing about groups, especially if you have a GM that knows those rules and such that you that you anything that you want to do. You're allowed to do. Nobody can sit there and go. I, I'm going to have to fudge something. Uh, there's no. I don't. I didn't find a chapter on headshots. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 let me just say, the author of the email said, uh, "Couldn't that argument be used to describe the swingy nature of dynamic damage, though?" So I well, think he's talking about curves. I, you know, I, I actually completely agree with that. In that, and and this is one of the reasons I don't. I don't mind dynamic damage. I, if you notice, I haven't really been contributing a lot to this subject because to me, it's. Say so whatever system I'm in, that's the system I'm buying into. That's true. You know, and so I, so I'm uh, you know so yes, dynamic damage always screws me the fuck over <laughs> every single time. It doesn't matter. Um, but if I'm playing if I'm playing D and D, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna get screwed over on the damage rolls, and I know this is what's gonna happen. So whatever, I'm just yeah. gonna have fun with it. I, but um, but I think. Uh, one of the one of the things I always explain to newer players, especially, is um, it, is it's not so much <coughs> like damage is not the problem the place where we have a problem figuring out what we're talking about. It's actually hit points and health that I think uh, a lot yeah. that confuses a lot of people. What the heck is a hit point? Right. Yeah. And and I think it, the idea is, of hit points, people think it's like oh, it's these levels of health, but it's really not. It's it's an uh, like you said with armor stork, it's an abstraction of how much you can take. Yeah, and and so so I try to remind people it's not like this just linear thing. And like once you hit, uh, you know, if you take so many hit points, it, you know, it, you lose an arm. It's if you know if you take so many hit points, it might be more damaging to you because of your morale or yeah. because of your exhaustion level. You know, it does just because you get to zero hit points. It doesn't mean you have a sucking chest wound. Just means that you are at the end of your limits. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of depends on the situation. Right, too. Yeah, like if you absolutely. got to zero hit points, being held under the water in the mouth of a sea worm, yep. um, then yeah, you're yeah. at a real dire right. situation. That's right. very different zero hit points than if some like you know kobolds have been like poking you with their sticks yeah. for twenty minutes. But yeah. but I will say one of the things that really. Um, like un- like I had trouble with so I didn't play D and D until two thousand two three maybe probably two thousand three that would have been third edition probably Th- third and a half okay. yeah like fifteen years ago basically mm-hmm. I th- was my very first D and D game but I've been playing RPG since nineteen eighty nine um, 
and that's been Shadowrun and all the point-based systems mm-hmm. and you know Palladium and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like <laughs> a lot of different stuff. But um, for me, the thing that had been so consistent in many mm-hmm. different games was the degradation of your performance as you take damage. Mm. You know, it's built into Shadowrun. It's built. Into I love that of, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And and it, to me, it was tricky that in. Um, D and D, you're just as deadly yeah, until you hit zero. Yeah, uh-huh. I've, I've got yeah. 50 hit points. I'm down to one hit point. No problem. I'm still just charging ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like it was one of the things that I thought um, Fourth Edition actually did well was the bloodied mm-hmm. mechanic. Yeah. Right. At least had something. <laughs> right. You know, half your hit points. Okay, that's that's probably worth noting. Yeah. That you're at right. half your yeah. hit points. Well, right. like one of the, the go, go yeah. back to groups. Go, go back to groups for one second. Uh-huh. You attack a limb. You do half damage. Whatever whatever your health is, let's say your health is twelve. You do six points to a limb. That limb is crippled. Sure, mm-hmm. it's not usable anymore. Yeah. So the combat effectiveness starts dropping because right. if you're right-handed, and someone attacks your right arm, cripples it. You now have to pick your sword up with your left hand, and there's a minus two to every attack you have with it from that point on mm. until you cut that limb off, and then you have the Dark Knight thing from sure. Python. <laughs> headbutts. Headbutts or kicks. Or kicks. Or two shit damage. There is one other thing that I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, and it does dovetail into what you guys are saying, which is um, the difference also between dynamic and static damage is that it can affect the way you play the game. Mm. Um, oh, sure. If you, if you have one hit point, <coughs> you can still charge that cobalt that's been poking you. Uh, and for, for, you know you you are still effective. If if it's if you know that every time he pokes you, you're going to take four points of damage, and you're at your four po- last points, you're going to come up with a whole different way to assault that cobalt. True. You're not just going to attack him straight out. You're going to bait him or yeah. negotiate or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is a different set of rules that happens when you're not suddenly immortal or when damage is consistent yeah. mm-hmm. every time. Or, or, but if he's doing 1d4 right. damage, right. Uh-huh. then... You, and you could easily shrug it off. There's a chance. There's, a, there's almost a game Or if he does 4 points of damage yeah. plus whatever yeah. extra successes right. he gets. Yeah. Well, and that, that can also kind of lead to, to some character understanding. Oh, or some, yeah. you know, Because you be, can negotiate now instead, right. of, uh-huh. instead of fighting all the yeah. time. Or maybe you're like, especially like if you have four hit points left and they do one d four, you know, then that can really tell you like, are you the type of character that's going to step back and say, okay, let's try a different tactic? No. Or are you the one who's no. going on in there anyway? That, yeah, that, yeah, one. that one. That's, that's that what one? I want to do. What? Really? Yeah. D- Diable says we don't negotiate with kobolds. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It's, All right. um, it's something that I've talked about in various reasons. We've talked about it in various reasons, but it's um, it is something that I've noticed that. Uh, Suddenly, you know, when, when there's consequences to damage in groups or yeah. travel or whatever and your hit points are low, you play the game very deep. Suddenly tactics are much more important. Uh-huh. L5R. Setting up traps much more important. In mm-hmm. fourth edition L5R, it's a deadly game yeah. because there's exploding dice when you roll a ten. And it's you you go into a sword fight, you will be you could end up being horribly ended. Yeah. It affects and, how you go into a sword fight. You know, Absolutely, like you want to know if you Which have the high ground or not. One <laughs> of the one of the reasons I always ran the game. It's like, okay, here's these guys and here's these guys. The leaders come up. Ayujitsu duel. Yeah. That mm-hmm. way, there's only one character who's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's going to die. Yeah. Because that way, these two people are going to meet up yeah. and they're going to because Ayujitsu duel in in uh, fourth edition L five R has like three phases of roles. It's like you roll for your... You size up the other guy. Mm. And you get to know something about their stats. And then you go to your focus, which is where you you know calm your mind and prepare for your, your single attack. Mm-hmm. And then 
the attack happens, and depending on how you roll, I think you roll your initiative in, in that point, but there's modifiers for it. Depending on the previous rolls, you end up rolling, and because of the way damage works in L5R, a character with a katana is likely to debilitate a character if they score a hit. Mm-hmm. It may not kill them, but will debilitate them. Because, yeah. it, again, it has that thing where it's like, you take X amount of damage, you're at minus whatever. You take this amount, you're at minus whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, it usually, I just do those usually end in one in one hit. Or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a hit and a counter strike. Yeah. And that, and it, 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 there was many, there we had many combats where it's like, <laughs> oh no! I just go, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then leave it to, to the two of them to decide I, I have who's a, the most honorable. I have a yeah. standing like test that, that I, I, I use, and I say glibly, but it is really a test. Which is, I test the, the uh, a system, the damage in combat, by how much damage you take falling downstairs, oh, and how you <laughs> adjudicate it. Right? Mm. With, you know, and if you think about falling downstairs, like if if each step is a four points, yeah. people die. The bottom, you're <laughs> die falling right, downstairs. Yeah. People do die falling downstairs. If it's if it's a sliding scale, you could conceivably shrug it all off and get you know roll off to the bottom with your armor. My, <laughs> my seventy year old mom fell down some stairs and was fine. Right. So like, yeah. Either she's got but a lot of hundreds of hit points. Didn't. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. Well, clearly, like, life is dynamic damage. It's like <laughs> there's, there's a. I, I just don't think that there's always this line about how much do you want your game to be a simulator? You know, yeah. well, like you know, no, it's a test on on how the game damages you and how it's not necessarily which right, right. or wrong. It's it is some games are damaging. Some yes. games yeah. are very damaging. Well, and and again, like it goes to like knowing what you're getting into. If it, you know, if you want to play a loose, more abstracted game, you're not going to go for like GURPS. All or, those stairs you know, are going to be like three inch pile. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're not going to be at hurt. And to me, that's one of the reasons. Well, like you know, my my priority in RPGs is character development. Yeah. So for me, it has become much more interesting to play. Like powered by the apocalypse games, where there is you don't even have static or damage. It's like you know a lot of them are just like conditions, and what you know this is how you they? feel about it. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, were they spiral right. staircases? Yeah, in which and case so you can grab onto the railing. Uh, right. Yeah, and, the, and the correct answer is what do you want the what stairs do you want to do? Yeah, <laughs> are they the stairs that remind you of the stairs in your mother's house? Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody else is like. Can I say that I just painted the stairs so that they're prettier? Absolutely, I love that. You know, but that's because that's what I want. Is I want those character moments of going, "Wow, we love each other." So only because um, about interior decorating. And yeah, not exactly. Really about yeah, the yeah. That's why. Better. Can we have sex on these <laughs> stairs? And will it trigger my sex move? Yes, yeah. and yes. Um, but but you know, like if I'm going into into if I'm going to play a D and D game, and I love playing D and D. I'm not worried about like it, like oh it's it's dynamic damage that's what I get okay well it's because you're not gonna die right yeah yeah and deity you're most not. likely you're just, you're no it's, it's hard to kill yeah. it's hard to kill characters in in fifth edition it, it is in fifth edition yeah. the, the, the death rolls and I you think gotta, it's yeah. the appropriate difficulty in even the cleric edition. being pulled off yeah. the boat still would have had like six or seven rounds of holding yeah. his breath and being able to fight right he yeah. would have been fine well I I really? recently was playing uh, <laughs> a little bit in a um, uh, in um, a D and D five e game and it was the uh, um, the uh, tomb of annihilation. And uh, and we were playing it with what's called the meat grinder rules, whereas uh, whereas like normally uh, when you're rolling your death saves, uh, you get three of them, and you have to get a ten and above 
to yeah. you know yeah. so you got like fifty fifty shot uh, to either recover or get worse. Uh, and you got three chances on that, and, and you have to get three successes before you get three failures. Yes, or something exactly. Like that. Yeah, that's the so, default. That's the default death rules. For yeah. Sure. So, so plenty of time. We were playing in what's called the meat grinder rules, where is so it's a it's a DC fifteen save instead of DC ten. Okay. So it's much more likely you're going to die, right. and you know, and my character, uh, and we all knew we were going to do this, and we're like, okay, so this is the chance to make all these characters that you don't really have an emotional attachment to. You're just like, oh, I, this seems, sounds like a fun concept. Let me just play this for a little. Try not to get to the. And, oh shit! Right, I'm at like, table. Oh, I'm shit, done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have yeah. to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so you know, and and the the DM was like, everybody should have at least one character on deck. And yeah. so that if you you know if you if you die you got another one to step right, right in there and there's way we'll figure out ways to do that and you know and I was okay with that and my character was the first to die in the campaign but it was like ah, it's it's fine it's it's a different way of gaming than what yeah, I'm I used to I think if you go into it knowing that's what you're doing exactly, you've, yeah. you've prepped and that's yeah, a different experience yeah. you wanted if, to do that yeah and if yeah. you go into a D and D game with your ten page backstory right. and you know and your fourteen character illustrations. And you get killed in the first ten minutes of the game from you know. You went like, out and bought a mini, right? And then yeah. you painted and it, painted it, yeah, with, with a one yeah. hair brush, and then right? The, yeah. the bard plays a song that sends your cleric to a <laughs> yeah. bar, right? Yeah. yeah, And then you're like, if you didn't know that's what you were getting into, well, yeah, you're justifiably upset. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna just right. hit, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I- Ghostbusters LA Reprise. So, in case you guys didn't know, I'll keep it quick. Uh, Stu, mm-hmm. I think it was the very first game that we recorded. It was the first and, eight uh, it was official Savage AP. Or GURPS? It was a GURPS. It was in Savage Worlds. It was Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. And Stu ran this wonderful Ghostbusters game that took place in LA. Mm-hmm. And they, it Ghostbusters a, had franchised. Nice. It was a revolution to me. A revolution? Revelation? Revelation. <laughs> Gun revolution to me because he, he pulled in all these local <laughs> landsmi- uh, landsites, including Disneyland, and found maps uh, of the areas. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And so at some point we were like, wait, this is a map from the 30s of LA. And so people called up on their phones and looked, and, 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 we, he, he, and he planned for this that we were able to, to use this stuff. And it's old hat now, but back then, this is the first time that I'd taken a really long break with gaming and came back into this. I'm like, so all of this, all of this stuff. Oh my God! We can we can we, uh, Crawford. Oh, this, yeah. is, this actually takes place like here. Yeah, modern day settings. Wow. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, back in the day when we were doing it, you know, you had to go to the library and get a Xerox and get a map, and you're like, yeah. uh, it's yeah. Portland from the 30s. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, read email. So I'm going to read the email. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow gamers and geeks. I was talking to a friend recently about the original <laughs> Ghostbusters LAAP similarities with Stork's character and one uh, from the past that I ran. Uh, it was one of the first APs I found on Happy Jacks back in the day. It was the first AP we did. Yes, it was. Uh, and enjoyed it. I decided to download it again and listen on my way to work. I was amazed at how much different the experience was for one main reason. Over the past few years, I've gotten to know everyone at Happy Jacks. I now recognize voices, can see where the characterization was coming from, etc. And to hear Stu's kids in the background, boy, they were younger back then. <laughs> I have to listen to that because that's, <laughs> that's got to be se- six or seven years ago now. Oh, they were babies. Yeah, Aww. yeah. Allie, Aww. Was pro- Allie was probably six. Aww. Zachary was probably four. Come on. Yeah. With the addition of video streams, I can now picture the people at the table having a blast with the game. It makes the entire experience very cool. 
Just wanted to let you know, uh, your five-year-old APs still have some life in them. He said five. Steve from Atlanta. P.S. The similarity I was talking about involved a Dresden Files game with a character that did not believe in magic. Wonderful role-playing, trying to explain everything away. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, My character was a grumpy old man who didn't believe in magic, so... (laughs) And and oddly enough, everything that happened, because it was Ghostbusters, actual ghosts were doing stuff, oddly enough, he was looking the other way, he (laughs) was... Stuff happened on the ride at Disneyland, Uh, so he was like, oh, they drank the water, you know, (laughs) hallucinating. Everything was explained away until the very last moment, and it was... It just sort of worked out that way. But uh, it was a, revel- a revelation because yeah. Stu did such a wonderful game. He handed out props. He had oh, all these maps, nice. had all this stuff, and we're all sitting there going, "Wow, man, this you you really cared." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had more time back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the DMing I always wish I did, but never actually get around to doing it. I'm like I'm going to make maps, and I'm going to have like doctored photos, and yeah. I'm going to hand them out notes with like burned edges. Yeah, and, like, that was what and, it was. Yeah, and then I'm like. Um, okay, you get a note with a burned <laughs> edge. Because <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you, your imaginary. Because yeah, I worked sixteen hours yesterday. Fuck it, yeah, you're fine. You lucky we're <laughs> playing here. Right. I was. Yeah. I, was so I had all the notes. I was going to burn them, and then I fell asleep, and they all burned. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I just. Had, I just had a similar experience on Monday. Um, Kadev running insert coin. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, like just did this scene for me where like he had, he had kind of prepped me a little bit and slacked a little. Be like, hey, you know, can we do this thing? And uh, and there's this really scary thing happening with my character, but my character had to write it off. I was like, that was a dream, yeah. because I really need that to be a dream. <laughs> and, and, like, everybody at the table heard this thing happening, and everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, definitely a dream. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, right. because that was just a dream. <laughs> but, like, it was really effective for me. Like, I, I didn't know exactly what he was going to do, yeah. and I was frightened. Did he have visuals and things for you? No, he just... He just Told the story, and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." I wake up now. Dan's a great GM. I co GM with him all the time, and and it's wonderful when he starts to go. You know, he's he's full of infinite mirth and also just a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's next on my list of uh, listens. Actually, as as I want to get the get the insert coin. Yeah, I'm I'm real excited to see where it goes. We're we're having a blast. Excellent. One of the best things that you can ever do is to get Dave laughing. Uh-huh. Yeah. He has one of the most infectious laughs yes, ever. Yes, he does. And then you will, you will just start la- laughing yeah. just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah uh, we'll, we'll lose five minutes of podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. just for that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we had him, he guested on um, on Interpol X mm-hmm. one day. And it was, oh, it was just so much fun. Like, such a great addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fun spot. He was a fan. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. And now, now look where he is. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. You call it? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm going to play a preview from our new CD because I just finished mastering it mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! Which one? Mm-hmm. Which song? Safe word. Mm. Should, uh, should we do plugs before that? Or go ahead, go. Yeah, yeah okay. I'd love to. What plugs? Oh, oh no, so no um, so this is Adam. Uh, so uh, I hope everyone will tune in Monday night at. Uh, I think we're going to start at seven yeah. and have a special three-hour episode. It is the finale of Interpol X. Uh, so if you've been with us all season, you're going to love the exciting conclusion of this game. And as much as I love it, I'm ready for the break, but I'm so excited to see what happens with these characters in the story because it's been such a blast big, uh, to run. Big so. surge in the forums. A lot of love for it recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. A lot good. of love for yeah. it recently. I, I love seeing the responses that we've been getting. And, and I loved in the, the state of the podcast 
posts, like several people were like, I yeah. love Interpol X. Yes. And it, uh, I, it makes me really happy that you guys are enjoying it because I'm having a blast and now you get to know what my regular gaming life yeah, is you're like. You're telling a kick-ass story. Yeah, like, thanks. It's, it's awesome. Did they go back and, uh, to Iceland? Huh? No, no, we're not going <laughs> back to Iceland. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's Monday night at 7 and please pay attention to the special time. Uh, it is starting at 7. Um, and, but tomorrow... Uh, right? Is that tomorrow? Um, no, that's today is Friday. Oh, Jesus. So on Sunday... On Sunday, um, I'm playing in another game. And what is that game, Jason? Uh, that game is uh, Demigods. Yes. And it's a PBTA game of my own creation. You're actually and running a campaign now. Yes. Yeah, yeah we're, we're running, I think, seven or eight Sundays. Um, it's 4 to 8 p.m. every Sunday through fair, except for May 13th, so we can all go to RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, <laughs> but um, we're running... All the Sundays through fair I've, is like the second year I've gotten to run a game during fair. Call it the fair game. And um, I'm having a blast. But anyway, this is a game system I've been working on uh, for almost a year. And it's coming along. I'm going to be shopping around looking for publishers soon. But um, this is the first time that I actually get to do something r- r- like really long and, and solid as a campaign and not just a bunch of one shots. So the Netflix format, not just yes. the yeah. Yeah, yeah. episode. Yes. We finally yeah. get to binge As demigods. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> this Sunday, April eighth, we will be doing character generation and jumping right into the story. Uh, and I On the same day? Yeah. Oh yeah. exciting. The yeah, character cool. generation yeah. will take two hours and then we'll have two hours to actually tell some stories. Very so, excellent. Um, oh God, if only I could follow you on Twitter to find out more about demigods. <laughs> uh, my Twitter <laughs> handle is it's probably okay. Um, no apostrophe. No apostrophe, because you can't have one in a Twitter handle. <laughs> and um, the, um, all, the, all the news and stuff that I post on there is, is that. Also, I use hashtag DemigodsPBTA. If you want to just follow that, that's uh, all the news about Demigods. So um, it's coming soon. Oh, also, we'll be posting new art. Uh, the art for the game, uh, like the, the class picture characters. Uh, are looking really great. Um, so, so good. So yeah. we've got a new one coming up uh, probably this weekend. Excellent. Artist is almost done. We'll move on to the next one. Very exciting time. Uh, thank you for joining me on this. Uh, you know, we'll see you on Sunday hopefully. And that's all I'm I have not to say about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have fair. <laughs> we got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We already mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. and, oh, and just Go. real quick, let me mention. So Interpol X ends on Monday, and then two weeks after that, we start Monster. It's going to be so fun. It's. Did so. you get? Tappy yeah, or no? oh, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's so so. Sam and I, Samantha and I, are co-running it. Uh, uh, she's going to start running, and then and Samantha we'll, or Mac, Mac, okay, Mac. Yeah, yeah sorry, I was Mac. Say <laughs> yeah, Mac. Classic. She's she's a customer too. She has no time. Either. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Two customers run a game. Yeah, right. So they never have a session. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they look great. Much. But they look, they look great. Yeah, extensive descriptions of the characters' <laughs> costumes, but nothing. For the one actually session, happened. they were all able to make it together. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, it's so it's too real, guys. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Mac and I are co-running it. Uh, she's going to start it out, and uh, but we're both going to sort of run character creation because uh, um, she's never GM'd Monster Hearts before, uh, and I have. But but uh, but we're we're letting her take the lead, and I'll just kind of be advising during character creation. And backseat uh, GM, yeah, backseat GM, uh, and uh, oh, she and I actually. are both. She and I are both going to make characters, PCs, and uh, and then you know when when I take over GMing for a couple of sessions, 
her PC around come Robin, in. kind of. Yes, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, which is something that Jason and I have done several times. Yeah, with PBTA, PBTA games, games really suit that well. It's yeah. super easy to right. kind of slot in and yeah. make the character an NPC <coughs> for a little while, and then you know, yeah, prep light game. So, yeah. yeah, there's no big secrets that you have to share with the it. Right. Exactly, yeah, not right yeah. off the bat. Usually. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, it, so it's me and Mac, and then uh, Tappy is going to be one of our PCs, and Joey, mm-hmm. uh, and how was. Oh, it's oh. on Monday. Never mind. Okay. I'm yes. Like, wait, Joey's at fair. Oh, yeah. He's no, Monday. Monday. It's a moment. You meant to have words with the man. <laughs> Monday evening. So, I don't think I've ever uh, met Joey. So, Tappy, Joey, and Gina. Uh, cool. So, uh, so, really excited um, uh, about finally playing one of my absolute all-time favorite games uh, on the air. It should be a lot of fun. Excellent. So, now, I think that's April 23rd is when that starts. But two weeks from this coming Monday uh, after Interpol accidents. Very complicated. All right. Or look Oof. at the schedule when it goes on. Yeah. Jack's oh, that's smart. Give me updates at all the time. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if it's updated yet. Okay. Because mm. she does that, I don't do that. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for joining us for season twenty-one, episode fourteen of Happy Jack's Rapture Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Adam. Jason Stork. And we'll leave you with a song right now. Brand new. If this works. Here we go. Hot drop. It didn't work. Uh, but if it, put the needle on the just, record. Just <laughs> pretend that it had worked and that you're yeah. enjoying this awesome song. Yeah. Wait a second. What is going on? No. Hold on. Do all the things. Please tell me we recorded that entire episode. Oh no! Yeah, no! 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 This is the this is the <laughs> thing. I'm like, wait, wait. Why isn't it not? Okay, no, it's right here. It's right there. Play. Yeah. What? That doesn't make any sense. No, no. This is fascinating listening for those of you recording. Give me a second. Yeah. No, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, Bam. woman down at the local pub she was tall and she was fair and she was curvy everywhere i asked if she would join me for an ale and some grub and as the night passed from day i thought things might go my way and when the pub had closed i got an invite to her home though she called it her lair and i was unaware that hanging from her belt were manacles of chrome and I suppose I shouldn't skip that she also wore a whip. Oh, why, oh, why does she insist I call her mistress? And why on my wrist to the post now secure? I know that there's an utterance to make my pain desist, but I can't recall my secret. She led me to the bed, but it looked more like a rack. And I leaned in for a kiss, and she bit me on the lip. And when I tried resisting, I got a mighty whack. She did a little dance, and then cut off my pants. Oh, why?
In the morning when I woke, my fetters, they were gone. I was no longer alarmed. She was nestled in me arms. After breakfast and a quickie, I sang a different song. Cause though I'm tired and sore, I'll go back for some more. Oh, why, oh, why did she insist I call her mistress? And why are my wrists to the bedpost now secure? I know that there's an utterance to make my pain desist, but I can't recall my safer. No, I can't recall my safer. What the hell, who needs a Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.